for it to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dalton. And Kyle, tonight we have I think it's a big shot. Yeah. A big shot in the co-host chair. Mm-hmm. This guy's done uh, so many things that it's, it's, it embarrasses my resume. Yeah. Because I've done nothing. <laughs> I do this. And this guy has done so many things, and he's uh, and I'm, I'm older than this guy, too. Yeah. I'm shorter. Guy's better looking, mm-hmm. more physically fit. You hurt yourself running with a belt on the I other day. I hurt myself on the <laughs> treadmill, and I don't even know how far this guy runs, but we're going to find out. But uh, this guy's name is Alexi Lawless. Alexi, hello. Good evening. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Now, Alexi, I have to start out by saying that I'm not a sports guy. Okay. And uh, I don't know if I say that you've, much on this. You've watched part. sports. I've watched sport. I've watched sports. I, I you've played sports. I I play I play a mean game of tennis for my age. I, I, I've been listening to the podcast, so yeah. I know all about your exploits on the tennis court. Uh, but I but I mean, you know how like like and all my other friends like they're like they can name players from Mike Siegel's a huge soccer fan, and all my friends are like big sports guys. But I think because I I didn't really. I didn't play sports in, mm-hmm. in high school or anything. It just wasn't, I was always into music. I was just into music and pop culture stuff. So like I can tell you who engineered, you know, the Skid Row album, right. but I can't, <laughs> but you know, if you, you know, I literally for the World Series, I was like, okay, who's in it this year? Like, well, <laughs> well, for the record, um, somebody that can tell me who engineered a Skid Row album, depending on <laughs> which, which one it is, uh, is much more important to me. And I value much, <laughs> uh, much more than somebody who can tell me who played left back or, or wide receiver or, or right wing or anything like that. For example, uh, a couple weeks ago, months ago, whenever it was, my, my friend Mike Schmidt said, dude, Alexi Lawless is following you on uh, Twitter. And I said, uh, okay. <laughs> what? Cool. He's like, dude. <laughs> Look him up. So, um, so I did, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool," because I never know. Like, how did you find the Rock Solid podcast? Okay, so a few months ago, uh, I was interacting as one does on social media mm-hmm. with uh, my followers, and uh, I am I'm a huge podcast listener. Yeah. you uh, and you you hosted a podcast. I, I host a podcast. I've been on a million of them. I had multiple ones. I actually just recorded one today. Um, the, so the, I, it's still the shot. Uh, I've done the shot. Now I have one called the Mutant Gene Podcast over at Fox, where I work. Oh, that's and um, so uh, for, for anybody that, that doesn't know, I am a former soccer player. I used to play soccer back in the 1900s, and now I talk about <laughs> soccer on Fox Sports. And so I, I was talking to the folks on Twitter, as one does, and I put out there, give me some uh, some some podcasts out there that I haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. And those that follow me know that I'm heavily into music, yeah. and, and, and so hundreds of them came back and I just kind of weeded through them and looked them up and uh, just like listening to, you know, an A&R guy first couple of seconds, if it's good, if it's not, boom, move on to the next oh one. And you guys, I mean, you, you hit it out of the park and I've been a, a fan ever since. And so now when I go for my runs and my podcasts, it's a mixture of you guys and uh, other music podcasts and other soccer podcasts. So uh, you were recently on the Decibel Geek podcast. I was, yes. We did a whole uh, two hours on rat 
the greatest rock band in in my estimation to ever walk the planet. <laughs> that's in crazy. That's crazy. What's your favorite? Uh, my favorite Rat album is I love Reach for the Sky. You like Reach? I really do. Why do you like Reach? I don't know. I like uh, I like uh, I need a woman, right. and I like Way Cool Junior, and I like uh, oh, Way Cool's bad song. Come is, on. What's it gonna be on there? Yeah. I just like I don't know. I like that. I like that album a lot. I like it too. I mean, look, I, it's that's that one's got no surprise on it, which is like a, yeah. a deep, cut, deep cut, and I love it. It's one of my favorite songs that Rad ever did. Uh, it was, it's a little look. They're all produced, and Bo Hill is a god for me. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little later. But uh, it's just for me, as you know, mm -hmm. music hits you at a certain time yes. in your life, and regardless of what anybody else says, it either speaks to you or it doesn't, mm -hmm. and you relate it to those moments, and you relate it to who you were, and 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 the things that you were going through. And for me, Rat hit me at the absolute perfect time right in the middle uh, early 80s uh, when I was so impressionable to so many different things including music and obviously the visual part of music right, with MTV right. so it was huge yeah um, uh, yeah Tawny Katane's on the cover of uh, Out of the out Cellar, cellar yeah yeah, because she went out with uh, Warren Crosby that's right Rock and, uh, Rock and Robin, Peace Robin Crosby I mean Robin Crosby Rock and Peace yeah, Robin right. Crosby and um, yeah Stephen Piercy has a, a solo album coming out uh, at the beginning of uh 2017. So I'm going to try to get him in here. Yeah, he actually did a, a couple of uh, tunes with uh, with Bo Hill, the uh, producer from all of those uh, albums. So it was very. Oh, cool. oh, oh, on the new CD. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he's putting know. out singles as it's come along. He tried to do a single every month, yeah. but he's just going to kind of put it all together. I uh, whenever they release like the, a single on iTunes, like month before the album comes out, I don't listen to, because then when the album comes out. I end up skipping that one because I've heard it a million times. It kind of ruins the album listening experience for me. Like I might give it a a quick listen, but then I'm, you know, but then I don't. That's you just want me. the full yeah. experience. Like in, like in 2006, uh, Cheap Trick had an album out called Rockford and they released like three singles off of it like months before the album came out. And then by the time the album came out, I was just like not sick of those songs, but I didn't have the exuberance for those that I did for the... Can, can we get something out of the way right off yeah. the bat here? Because um, I know you were we were worried about how to pronounce my name. Are we we figured that. No, but you did a great job. And this is uh, I know from now listening to the pod mm -hmm. what a huge fan you are of. Uh, and you just said the name. Yes. Uh, I need a definitive answer. Okay. Because where I grew up in in Michigan and mm -hmm. Detroit, all yeah. right, we called it cheap trick. Cheap trick. Is the accent on the trick or is the accent on the cheap? You say it, Kyle. Oh, no, no, no. Because there's a lot of people that say cheap trick. I say cheap trick. So the accent the is way, on the first. I like one. how you say it, cheap trick. But, I don't, but I've, I've heard trick. you say it differently, and I know I you are, I, a, you know, a, a diehard, and, and I, so I want to get never, get it from you. I never even thought about it. Is it Iron Maiden or Iron Maiden? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need to know. I don't know. I don't know what the accent's on. I guess we'd have. No to one's ask. ever. There's no. Some, there's not some sort of forum that people go and talk about this and, and get the definitive. Let, let me tell you. If you go over to the Cheap Trick boards and you put this on there, you there'll be a, people will be fighting for months. All right. Okay. Well, we we have not answered that, but is right. it Van Halen or is it Van Halen? <laughs> I don't know. What are you looking? At? Are you looking it up? I was trying. You but can't look that up. I'm sure you can look up Whoa, everything. Yeah, this true. is on the cheap shirt message board. No. Is it really? Yeah. See? What's it say? It says, uh, I read it. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was, it was cut off. It said, does, uh, it was just people asking if they have a regional accent. <laughs> if, if cheap trick does? I mean, they're, I what, think just people Midwest in general. Right? Yeah. I mean, Rockford, Illinois. Yeah. Never mind. It wasn't on there. 
Who's your, is Rat your favorite band of all time? It is my favorite band of all time. Because um, I wonder, because when I saw you guys were doing an all Rat episode, I'm like, wow, that would, that has to be his favorite band. Yeah, it's got to it be. It is. Uh, I, uh, so much so that um, not just the music, but as I said, the whole aesthetic of, of what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, remember, <laughs> I remember going and buying uh, long underwear, white long underwear. And I don't know if you saw the, the, the round and round video that was ubiquitous back then when it came out. That's the one with Milton Burrow and yeah, the with the Milton and all that kind of I, stuff. But I just, Steven I, I'm is, not kidding. I just saw it this week because I turned on, I turn on MTV Classic when I'm in the bedroom folding laundry or whatever, and it, it, it nice, was on. Yeah, nice. it was great. I mean, it's 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 classic. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. But in it, Stephen is wearing these um, white leather pants that mm-hmm. have paint splatter all over them, and so I went and bought <laughs> long underwear, white long underwear, and splattered paint all over it in my basement so that I could just approximate what it would look like. Now I never wore it in public. I remember <laughs> stashing it in this bag, and then my parents worked, and I would come home from school, and I would have the house alone, <laughs> put it on for you know a few minutes, and yeah. just kind of, that's that's what it would be. But I mean, they they represented so much, not just the music, but the whole lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So. Well, that's like uh, that's like when people would uh, razor blade their jeans after they saw like uh, Joe Elliott in a Def Leppard video. Right. That's a lot of work, that uh, razor blading all the jeans. That's a lot. They, believe me, Joe had someone doing that for him. Absolutely. Uh, the, um, those, uh, those hair band metal guys, it, it always looked like they just fell into a, a, a basket of women's clothing and then just popped out and whatever was on was on there. I was listening to an earlier podcast and you, and you, were, you were saying that you don't like Motley Crue. No, Are, I do you like, like, no, do you like, like, uh, you like the Feel Good album, but you don't like uh, the other ones. No, I like the first album. And uh, but then yeah, I don't like uh, theater. You know. I don't like and I don't like uh, what's the what's the devil album? God, girls, shout at the devil, shout at the devil. I yeah. don't like those three that much. Yeah. I, I don't know why they they don't do anything. Well, for you me. had mentioned it that and, you know Vince Neil's voice is is live. Some, it's, it's terrible. Oh god, it's, it's terrible. And it's every third word. Yeah. And, and like I make fun of David Lee Roth live, but I would I would listen to David Lee Roth live over. Why won't David just sing the... What drives me nuts when you see someone like Mm -hmm. David is that it's one thing if you just can't get there in terms of the note. He not only gets there, he can go over it, but I don't want him going over it. I want him singing the actual note that we know and love. So he's purposely not hitting that note and going past it. It's incredibly frustrating. I don't think he has ever rehearsed. (laughs) That's what it feels like to me. Like he he never rehearses. But Vince Neil, the first time I saw Motley Crue was... uh, a reunion tour uh, since I've lived here many years back. And um, as soon as Vince Neil started to sing, my friends and I just looked at each other. I'm like, this is a joke, right? Because it's the band sounds amazing. Yeah. And Vince, Br- and he can sing on record in the studio. Yeah, see, that's fine. That, that, and we'll probably talk about this later on, but the production mm-hmm. um, is a big thing. And when you, yeah. I mean, that was the sound of the 80s yeah. and that big and gang vocals and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of bands tried to fly it in and, and, and you know, play the tape and do all yep. that kind of stuff because it's, it's impossible to do with four people out there Absolutely. on the stage. So. Now, I didn't, I, did, I was a bad host. I didn't give your, I didn't give you any of your credits. I just said Don't your name and we started. That's fine. But um, you are a retired soccer player. Yes. Or as I call it, football Right? <laughs> How authentic of you? It's the real football. <laughs> wow. uh, and I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a Galaxy game. Sure. This, uh, this sport soccer, this sport of soccer, right. this sport soccer, um, <laughs> you guys are running the entire game. Lots of running, yes. I mean, there's no, it's not baseball. 
Oh, no, no, no. It's, you guys are standing around <laughs> eating very, a sandwich out it's there. It's very, very different, beer. yes. Like, I think it's, the, even in basketball, they run up, and there's a point where people are stopped, but it looks like you guys are just constantly in motion. We are. And how long are the, the periods? So they're halves. Um, what? And it's okay. <laughs> Wait a minute now. I'm a big sports fan. I know, I know. There are 45-minute halves. And there's two of those? And there's two of them, and boom. Because the two halves. And it usually takes about two hours. It's a very, it's a simple game. It's mm. a beautiful game. It's nuanced. Yeah. It's subjective. It's not fast food. There is incredible gray areas and subjective mm. areas to the laws. We call them laws. We don't call mm. them rules. Uh, and, to the, and to what is pretty, what is not pretty, all of that kind of stuff. It, it makes you work for it, and it can be incredibly frustrating, yeah. but... Um, it, it is to me beautiful because it, for me, it's the sport that most approximates life because life isn't fair and soccer isn't fair. <laughs> and, and I love that about it, but I know it can be frustrating from a player perspective yeah. and from a, a, a viewer perspective. Now the, the, uh, the only galaxy game I saw was about uh, maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago. And, uh, Paul Stanley sang the national anthem. Get out of here. Really? Not good. Not good. Just the national anthem. The but I know you love Kiss. I, I do love I, Kiss, and I love Kiss. And I was too. so excited. Did, to, but it was he. It's just he didn't. Did he do good. that like fake? Like I'm gonna sing. Like I should be singing it, or a little bit of that. It just like how Doctor Drew sang it. Like how Doctor Drew Pinsky sang it. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't like not everyone can sing the national anthem. No, it's a very difficult song. Very difficult it's, song. And you have to. Do you want to give it a whirl? Patience. I've done it. I've done it before many games. Yeah. You have? Yeah, 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 yeah. With the oh, yeah, because you sing. We're going to get into guitar that. and all that kind of stuff. It's not, it's, it's definitely not. And for Paul, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, say, can you see? It was tough. Did, did, was he say, did he say, let me hear you over there? Let me tell you something. This country is great. <laughs> The best thing about this country is we're free. He did a 30-minute rap, like, warm-up before he started singing. A lot of people come up to me, they say, Paul, and I say, what? They say, Paul, what do you like about this song? I say, I love this song. I love everything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can never have Paul Stanley on the show. Um, But you would. I would in a heartbeat. But then he would find out that I do that horrible impression. And if Kiss, if you could only have one singer to sing a Kiss song, who would you have? Please, why are you even thinking about this? Well, it's got to be Paul. I gotta, I, yeah, but I got to be honest. We, Kyle and I just saw the last uh, tour when Def Leppard was opening, mm-hmm. and Paul was about a six out of ten, and Gene was right on the money. Like Gene was the best I've ever seen yeah, him. The band was great. The band was great. Like I still give the show was the show was like a ten, but Paul was like a six because yeah. of his voice. Because of his yeah. voice. Yeah, you know, but that happens. You're screaming like that for a I, while. Yeah, I mean, because I love. I mean. For yeah, me, Paul, he's the best. He's one of the best frontman ever. And I know people yeah. argue all the time, but for me, his his solo album is far and away the best of the four. I was just thinking about this on the drive in. Why was I thinking about this uh, in the drive in? But I love it. I, I love like it. I like Aces just by a hair. <laughs> I like. Aces I don't get this Paul. fascination with Ace that people have. I just it just I don't get it at all. You don't like space. <laughs> look, look, if I have to be, if I have to, if I have to, if I get to meet someone or be stuck in an elevator with someone, it's going to be, it's going to be Paul, but it won't be Ace. I don't want to socialize with Ace, but I do think he hit it out of the park with his album. I think he had more to prove than the other guys. Did. Well, oh, that's, that's definitely, yeah. I met, I met him once uh, in a, <laughs> in a dark club 
uh, Sebastian Bach was the playing. best way to see Ace is in a dark. <laughs> and it was you know during mm. some some darker times uh, for him, and you could you could tell. Mm. Um, I was much more interested in Sebastian than yeah. than Ace, but you know he's Sebastian's a huge Kiss fan. Too, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I met a lot of people through Kiss. Uh, I, I um, there's a singer songwriter called Matt Nathanson, and um, oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's a really good writer and really so, a good, but he's a huge metalhead. Mm. And through Twitter and whatever, and <laughs> we were talking about. So he went on that metal show on uh, uh, yeah, VH1, Eddie remember, Trunk, yeah, sure. that, whatever, and they brought him on, and we were talking about different songs and stuff like that. So I was throwing back songs at him, and I threw back "Burn, Bitch, Burn" and stuff, <laughs> which is, I mean, I love, I love that song. I would never play it for you know in yeah. front of my kids, sure. Or anything. And when you read the lyrics of that, and we were going back and forth with uh, with Kiss lyrics, so "Burn, Bitch, Burn" introduced me to to uh, to Matt Nathanson through Kiss. It's crazy. <laughs> now that I've, I've seen him over the years and we'll we'll go back and forth and he'll be you know listening to some random warrant song and, and i'll chime in and we'll go back and forth so music brings people together now do you go see a rat that is not fronted by stephen piercy i did i saw uh bobby's version yeah uh, it's only bobby right there's warren yeah, it's only there. no it's only bobby um although the other four um have now gotten back and are make they they don't have the name okay. uh, because Bobby owns the name uh, so they're going to go through a bunch of legal process and hopefully new rat which which includes Stephen Warren D Martini uh, Juan Cruchet, who's back with the band I thought um, they didn't like that they make fun of him in there. I know, but he's back. I know with the whole you know twirling and stuff twirling like. But he's bass. back on, on right. bass and and his voice and uh, Carlos Cavazo from uh, Quiet Riot, who has been now with the band for uh, a while. Yeah. So, but Bobby is not drumming with them, and they did a show the other day with just those four. They couldn't call themselves Rat, but. And did uh, you go to that show? I didn't. It was uh, it was before the one of those rock cruises, uh, those oh, okay. metal cruisers or something like that. So. And it's Bobby and Steven that don't get along, right? I think it's Bobby, Steven, and Warren DiMartino, the, Warren DiMartini, the three. Major, yeah. uh, the ones that still own the, uh, the rat name. Warren Martini is, uh, in my opinion, a highly underrated oh, guitar God. player. I thank, mean, thank you for saying that. He's highly underrated. He's amazing. He looks, looks great. I mean, he's got the whole package. Just great. Just great. Yeah. I, uh, I often talk about, we're going off on a tangent, but no, I, this, okay. guy, this guy, Alexi, he knows music. Um, Do we need I, to get back on course here? No, no. Okay. no we're going to talk about uh, how... how how amazing amazing it is that Bon Jovi was able to rise above all that other hair band metal. It's because of Europe, though. You he, think he, he conquered Europe? Managed. He was managed perfectly. He knew exactly the time mm-hmm. when to shift focus from the U.S. because it wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. to Europe. And he continued to just pound away at Europe and yeah. still sold out incredible arenas. And Because at one point, and then he came back. Quiet Riot, Rat, Poison, Bon Jovi, those, were, those bands, Cinderella, those bands were yep. all at the same level. You, you lump those people all together. And now Bon Jovi, it's 2016, he'll come and sell out the Staples Center. Management. You know? It's nuts. Do you like Bon Jovi? I do. I like Bon I mean, Jovi I, too. I, I remember seeing him actually open for Rat uh, on the, uh, the Fahrenheit tour and uh, I was just, I was blown away. And then, and then Rat came on. And yeah. then next time they came around, it was on the Slippery Tour. And oh, I mean, that was... And then flip-flop, Rat was opening for, <laughs> for Bon Jovi, right? No, no, no. They no. Didn't ever, Cinderella actually opened for oh, them okay. at one point. All right, cool. So, oh, God. It, it was, I mean, just, just seeing that come to life, that Slippery One Wet album come to life oh, for a 15, 16-year-old kid at where, Cobo Hall or wherever I was. Awesome. Must have been a lot of in Bon Jovi. They brought the girls in too. Oh, God, it was wonderful. <laughs> Does your wife like the music you like? No, 
<laughs> no. But I mean, you know, I I grew up. Okay, so so we should do the obligatory. I grew up with the the Stones and and mm. Zeppelin. I remember where I was sure. when I first heard "Hold Hold Out of Love" in the next door neighbor's basement, and I just it, that that blew me away. Uh, and then you know all the the metal, uh, the eighties metal. But you know, I was also into. Uh, Duran Duran and mm, yep. uh, you know, uh, Tom Petty and John Mellencamp and look at this guy. We're right Van in the same Halen. wheelhouse. This is a and are you a physical CD guy still? I'm not. Not anymore. Not anymore. I I, I ripped them all uh, and took a couple weeks and ripped my entire collection. And, and then what'd you do with the CDs? I sold them at a garage sale and somebody came along and bought every single one of them. Yeah, fucking right they did. Was it him? <laughs> I wish it was. Are you <laughs> really? Are you are you're a, you're a CD dude or what? Still have CDs. Yeah. Well, why? I. I feel like it's like people who collect books. Like I still oh, like okay. to, I okay. still like to pull it out and like, uh, like I've become friends with David Wilde, so and, and I didn't realize that he wrote liner notes for. I mean, I read the liner notes, and I'm sure I read David Wilde wrote these, but he'll go, "Oh yeah, I wrote liner notes for that." I'm like, "You did?" And then I'll pull it out and I'll go, "Yeah, he did." So it's not an audio thing. It's a it was a tactile. Uh, Is that the right word? I, I like to. Well, I also like to. I also I I, I have a, a little bit of a commute to take my uh, oldest daughter to high school in the morning. So I like to grab a CD off the shelf and listen to a complete album on the way there and back. I still like that complete album listening experience. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like holding stuff. I still like holding the, the music in my hand. Okay. I mean, but you can still hold a... a, a I know. A, you can still listen to one song, though. Yeah. Why do you have to listen to a whole album? I just like that because I think a, a, I think that is an art form that's lost. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. There's still a lot of filler out there. I mean, there is, but I'll but but I'll listen and I'll go. And sometimes it'll be like, oh yeah, that song still sucks. Or I'll go, you know what? I never liked that song, but I'm kind kind of coming around to it a little bit. That is fun when you find a song that you just kind yeah. of glossed over for so many years, mm-hmm. and then you yeah. kind of listen to it, and something clicks in your in your 2016 mm-hmm. version. Yep. I um. Well, it's it's something on my playlist, so I'll talk about okay. it when I get there. Let me see what else we got. Um, what else do I have from you? We got, you're currently an analyst for Fox Sports. I am. I am. So I talk about soccer on television. Oh, you talk about soccer? Yes. You were general manager for three soccer teams. I was. What do you do as general manager? It's kind of like probably what we're going to talk about here in terms of defining what a producer is in that there are a lot of different versions of it and everybody has a different idea. But ultimately you are in charge for me, I was in charge of the product on the field okay. and monetizing that product off the field. So uh, both making sure that there's a good team that people want to pay money mm-hmm. to, uh, to to watch and making sure that that money continues to come in. Uh, at times I did that okay, and at times I didn't. I was really young. I was 33 years old when yeah. I first started that, and I learned a tremendous amount and uh, made a lot of mistakes, but also was exposed to a lot of men and women that as a as an athlete, you're kind of insulated, mm-hmm. and you don't get exposed to the people in the front office that work their asses off. Yeah. And so it was an eye-opening experience, and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Ultimately, got fired in 2008 and then went uh, to work in TV. And I'm going to use the word lucky, but that sometimes using the word lucky sounds dismissive of talent, but that's not what I mean. But you were you were very lucky to not only have played the sport and then to move into general management, and now you're an analyst on TV. So you've been able to to stay in the game yep. 
sort of. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 46 and I still make a living yeah. in, in soccer in the, in the United love. States in, in the 2016. Yeah, I'm very, I am lucky. I mean, look, the, yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's sports or anything else mm. uh, or music for that matter. Yeah. There's lots of people with talent out there. Sure. And it's recognizing that opportunity mm. when it comes and then grabbing it with both hands and not letting anybody else take it away from you. Right. But if you weren't, if you didn't excel in your sport and if people didn't like you, you know, if you were a jerk, a jerk player, Jerky player, right? <laughs> you know, you, yeah, wouldn't have, hey, you wouldn't get other opportunities. Sure. So. I mean, well, I, I, there's plenty of jerks that I've met along the way <laughs> on and off the field. Well, okay. But yeah, I mean, you, you have to, you have to be thinking about it. And, and you know, as an athlete, mm. it's finite and we know that it comes to an end and sometimes it comes to an end very, very quickly. And when you don't mm. necessarily want it or expect it and you better be prepared yeah. and not everybody is. And I was really, really fortunate to have one door close. In, in terms of retirement and boom, another one opened and I jumped through and recognized that this was a great jumping off point. And you have, uh, you have kids, are they interested in the game? Not really. They're exposed mm-hmm. to more soccer than any 11 and yeah, eight yeah. year old should sure. be exposed to, but they can take it or leave it. And mm-hmm. they know they have an idea of what I used to do and now what I do on television, but they could care less and I could care less too. I mean, I'm much more proud when they read as opposed to when they score a goal or something like that my parents i don't think my parents ever instilled reading to me like never yeah like they they just like they they didn't care if i read a book or not you know what i mean like they would say do you have homework and i could say no and they'd be like all right (laughs) or they'd say did you do your homework and i'd say yeah but they didn't check it they i never did it what about your kids now oh my god they're great they're great students they love to read like they love they love book. like my daughter has a kindle but she's also like Dad, Same, I, I yeah. want this book, but I I want the book. I want the book. It's like see my me and my CD. They want to hold the book, and the, yeah, they love to read. They love it. My, my favorite moment is when my wife and I have to tell our children, "No, you have to stop reading, reading right yeah. now." <laughs> yes, it's time to go. Which to bed. is ridiculous. Then we turn and laugh at each other. <laughs> yeah. My my sixteen year old has without a doubt. It's not even. It's it's one hundred percent true. She's read more books in sixteen years. Than I've read in in in, in uh, fifty two, without a doubt. But you You're, turned out all right, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you also you can sing and play. I have been a musician. Uh, actually, before I even was into sports, I was doing music. And you know, you talked about uh, your 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 high school, and and you were so into music and yeah. stuff. Like I was really, once again, lucky because I had these two things: I had sports and I had music. And so my days were spent kind of drifting between these two groups, and you know, garage bands and talent shows, and, yeah. and then also. Uh, you know, acapella groups and uh, chamber singers and all that kind of stuff, but also with the sports crowd too. So it was, it was great. I, I, it's something that I take as seriously and have just as much of a passion for, and I can't kick the ball anymore, but music is still in my life. And that's huge. And you, uh, you've, you've opened for Hootie and the Blowfish. I did. We went, we toured with them for a little bit and uh, I've, I've played <laughs> pretty much as all over the place. I, I continue to write and to record and to perform and, um, you know, my mother continues to buy my albums and um, <laughs> we're going to play some. Oh, goodness. Because okay. here's the thing. You know, whenever I see, you know, uh, you know, an actor who know, sings, know. Yep. you know, and you hear that David, Vanity, yep. you hear that David Duchovny album and you're like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> you know, Michael Chiklis has an album I out know. right now. Mm. I know. So, you know, I'm like, well, let me, I'll, I'll, I'm going to listen to some of this. And I go to iTunes. You have like six full albums. Yeah, yeah. I've, some, been, I've been doing it since the mid nineties. So I, I keep, I keep putting them out and, um, 
you know, it's, it's like I said, it's something that I have to do. I could really care less whether anybody listens yeah. or, or buys it, but it's something that I have to do, something that I love and something that I take just as seriously as anything else. I've but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It's really good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Because if I didn't think it was, I wouldn't even bring it up. Exactly. Or I'd say, I have not yet listened to any of your music. That's what I think David Letterman used to do. I remember when someone would be on promoting a movie that was shitty. You just, it was like, oh, that's a piece of shit. And he would say, I have not yet seen the film. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't, he knows it's terrible. <laughs> right. He would do that. It was only when people had a bad film. Tom Hanks was on, he saw it. But when, you know, someone was just, you know, Rose McGowan's like, yeah, this is my movie. He's like, mm-mm. But, but, um, but, but you know, I mean, and, and you, you hit it right on the head and it's something that I, I dealt with. I'm not dealing with it mm-hmm. because I've also been given opportunities that yeah. I wouldn't have gotten without being involved in soccer and having some sort of notoriety. Mm-hmm. And those opportunities came along. But in order to be good, I have to be really good because there's an automatic, right. uh, you know, uh, subtraction that's going yeah. to happen in, in terms true, to yeah. get there. And I get that. And I love when uh, years ago, um, Donny Osmond put out a song, uh, Soldier, uh, Soldier of Love. Love. Yeah. Great song, right? Yeah. And he put it out without his name and it, and it went, it, it went you know, right up the charts and everything was great. Mm-hmm. And then people found out, <laughs> yeah. found out who it was. And, and they stopped buying it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that was a hit. That was his was, last know, big thing. I know, I know. But, you know, we, we, we have perceptions and, and I get that and, uh, I just work through it, whatever. And you, uh, you brought uh, four physical copies of, of the new CD, Shots. Yep. You'll sign and we'll yep. give away to the listeners. Sure. But uh, the album covers are good too, because a lot of times people, yeah. actors, the, the album cover. Well, you're the, phys- you're the physical one, right? Yeah, but okay, I mean, yeah. when you buy it on iTunes, you're, you get the, the image of the album yes, pops up. Yes, but yeah, the album covers are cool. Well, thank you. I like thank them. Keep it, uh, I just want to warn people, if you, are look, if you are looking it up, if you're on Spotify, and this, <laughs> this is the bane of my existence here, there is a Scandinavian band that has taken my name and uses my name hmm. uh, as Alexi Lawless. That, that is not me, and you will very, very quickly see the difference okay. in music. And uh, it would be great if you play if you play. Don't, no, don't play don't. it, but if you do I play don't. it, you'll say, this is great stuff. I say, well, that's great, but it's not, it's not me. What if the only stuff I liked was by that band? Exactly, that's <laughs> what I'm like, saying. I'm like, this other guy, worried, terrible. I want to meet this person that, that, that does this, because whenever I put a, an album up on Spotify, mm. it populates with him, and so you have all these things mixed up, so. Don't. Maybe that's good though. Maybe maybe you're getting listeners. If you like them. it, then I definitely wrote it and it's mine. Okay. <laughs> if you don't, then it's definitely him or or them so or whatever it is. They're obviously fans of yours, right? I don't. I think or it maybe was that's just, also I, his name. Yeah, is it a tribute? <laughs> it's maybe impossible that it is his name. It's, Alexi is Alexi Lawless tribute band. Well, Pearl Jam was supposed to be what uh, Moogie Blaylock or whatever. What wasn't that was supposed to be their first name oh, or something no. like that? It was named after a basketball player and they couldn't do that or something. See, I was just gonna say, who's that? Exactly. It's the sports. That's it's why. named after Pearl Jam. <laughs> great player this great. is from Pearl was awesome let's listen to this 2010 from the album So It Goes this is a song called Sense okay. hang on I was ready with something else were you? yep you guys have worked together right? yeah yep. okay. he's my nephew really? I can't offer up a good defense I know they say that some habits are so hard to break, I know.
That's great. Well, yeah. that's it's so weird that you would pick that song. It's like the last song on the album. It was yeah. the last one we recorded. I don't think anybody has ever pointed to that. So well, I went through the whole thing, and that one. Oh, I mean, cool. I liked a lot of stuff, cool. and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do Very this one. Cool. I like this one. It was actually it was recorded and released back in '98, but then it went up on uh, all the, the oh, platforms yeah, is, much later. Yeah, this so. said 2010. I know, I know. So it's a it is a '90s type of release. So is that you on guitar? Yep. Who play? Who's playing drums on that? Uh, let's see. Who is playing drums on that? I'd have to go back. I had a bunch of different people. Blotzer is it Bobby Blotzer. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Did um and do you self produce this? I do. Yeah. I, you I, have a great ear. This is good. This is good. It's stuff. just straight. Look, I just like melody. I like simple mm. pop songs. Uh, things you can sing. I mean, that's what I grew up with, and that's as you'll see later on, what I what I gravitate to. So, are your kids musical? Uh, they Kyle, play, don't ask him play. about his kids. <laughs> it's not your business. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> they do. They, they, uh, they play piano and they oh, sing okay, and do cool. all that. They want nothing to do with me when it comes to yeah. uh, any type of music. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, one of the songs that I'm going to play tonight, it was the last song that I played uh, driving my daughter to uh When you said that, school. I thought, when you said that just now, the first thing I'm like, oh, he's going to sing. He's gonna. No, he no. brought his guitar. He's gonna no, no, sing no. for us. No, I won't put you through that. But I, I played this song, and that's what I sent her off. And she was rolling her eyes the entire thing. I said, "This is awesome. This is gonna get you psyched and ready for school." And we pulled up. I had the windows down. I had it cranking up. And she was like, "Drop me off a oh, block please. up there." This is so embarrassing. It was very yeah. stereotypical. As we as we get to the pickup line, uh, my youngest, who's twelve, she will reach over and just please turn it off. Please, she turns it off. Because they're not even the down, just completely off. Yeah, let me. Uh, I want to read uh, the song I just played was from So It Goes, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you ever read your reviews on iTunes? I haven't, but I'm. I'm guessing you're about to. Yes. So it goes. Uh, it's. It has one review. Okay. And the review is mom. by. All right, mom. What did mom say? <laughs> well, is your mom ski bum? One 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 one. It's like twelve or thirteen ones after. No, she's more like fifteen ones. So okay. This was a, this is a review from November seventeenth, two thousand ten. I love this album. Three exclamation points. Ooh. I lost my virginity to this album, <laughs> and I give all the credit to Alexi Lawless and his sexy ginger hair. Wow! <laughs> so there you go. Oh man! Because I was, uh, I'm like, well, let's see what other people think. Because I think this is pretty good, and that's. Uh, Two people liked it, for well, sure. I'm hoping tonight that I lose my virginity to some of this music. And that is definitely not my mom. No, that's not uh, Let's go to uh, 2014's uh, Infinity Spaces. This is a song called Giving Time. It's not me, it's you, she said. I should have listened to my horoscope instead, yeah. And I've got no plans to work it out. Seriously, I'm blown away by the music that you're you. that you're producing Thank because because um, you're a soccer dick guy. Right, you're not supposed to make good right. music. I, I I try. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I mean, it's it's nice of you to play this. I this great. was uh, full disclosure. I didn't say that you <laughs> no, needed no. or, or, or should have played any of this. You so didn't say the only, very... the only way I'll do it is if you play my music. <laughs> Where was the picture taken for this? So uh, the cover of Infinity Spaces is 
anybody that's ever landed in uh, at LAX, uh, oftentimes if you go, instead of taking the main concourse, if you go underneath in order to get the baggage claim, oh. there are uh, these things. And I go through that portal right there every week because I travel <laughs> so much. And so... Uh, Did you take this picture? Yeah, I took a oh. picture. Just walking down it one, awesome. one day. and no uh, one's in there. No. I know. It is. It's it's a weird, like, airport shining type of thing, yeah. you know, with, with one yeah, of those corridor cool. pictures. Now, the next uh, the next couple songs are from the new album, Shots. Oh, okay. Yep. And Shots is because you love to drink. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be- well, part of it, because it's 10 songs, I think it's it ends up being 30 minutes and three seconds in total. So okay. they're they're very short songs and um they're just short pop songs and there's 10 of them and so and i love to drink i i I love i love i love a song that's under three minutes and these three are under three minutes and then you look you look mean on the cover my mother said that too yeah Yeah. your mom and i would get along uh let's hear uh let's hear big break Got a chill during that one. Oh, almost, almost. I'll take almost. <laughs> so I'll I take mean, almost. I, Kyle, can you believe that this guy, this no. this soccer hound, <laughs> is laying down this music? That's great. I mean, How long does this it is take just, you? This to... is, we're not even to the topic yet tonight. I know, I this know. is just a whole. Everyone is turn, dem- tuned out. I, what I am hoping is that people hear in this what I'm hearing. And they go and you, you see a little spike in that these would be iTunes. Great. That would be great. Because I that mean, would be great. Did Decibel Geek play any of your music? No. Yeah. See. Hello. Yep. Bastards. Damn right. <laughs> uh, let's hear one more. Oh, they then... did at the end. Sorry. Sorry, guys. If you're All listening. Right. <laughs> no, very right. End, it was a fade out. Sorry, Chris. A, f- a fade out. <laughs> how long does uh, how long does it take between like how long did this most recent album take for you to like write everything? Is it stuff you had? I for try a while? to put out something every two years, um, but it doesn't take two years to write. Right. It, right. But yeah. I, I put it together. I have a, have a wonderful. Uh, collaborator and producer uh, named Stefan Litt uh, out here actually in uh, in Hollywood that I work with and we recorded uh, there. I do a lot of stuff in the home and nowadays obviously you can take stuff around right. so I, I bring a lot of the stuff that I've done at home in and we kind of put it all together and, and he's a great musician and, and a wonderful producer too so we, oh, cool. we put it together and Send it out in the world and see what happens. Nice. And do you, you write these songs by yourself, or do you? This is this is ridiculous. It's, it's what I do. I've been doing it. For bon Jovi many years. needs a couple of these on his new album. You got to write with. Have you heard Jovi. it? Have you heard the album? I have. Any good? Um, well, here's the thing. I, I always look for the 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 version that has the most tracks. So there's a the regular album has twelve tracks, and then the deluxe version has fifteen tracks. Why do you want more? Wait, I'll tell you. One. Okay. And then. Uh, and then the Target Deluxe version oh, right. has an, three more. So it has 18 tracks on it. And sometimes I like some of the bonus tracks better than what they chose for the album. So then I can whittle it down to a, 
a great 10 song album. But but when they're deciding what those extra yeah. tracks are, I sometimes do they do you think they they say let's do a really good track for Target or wherever or wherever to be? I mean, if I just think maybe they they feel like well this song maybe sounds like this in in tone, so maybe let, let that be a bonus track or or maybe it doesn't have the flow that they want, but um yeah, I like the, some of the bonus tracks are amazing. It's pretty good. The, the production, I'm, uh, John Shanks produced it, and he produced the last three albums. But the production on this sounds a little muddy. Like it sounds like John's voice is a little back in the mix, and it just doesn't. It's Ooh. not popping sonically right. for me. Okay, can't believe I'm saying something I know, like that's, that. That's, that's pretentious that's awesome. and just ridiculous. <laughs> but um, and the drums sound. Tico sounds a little slow, but I think Tico's. Wait, wait a second. Tico Torres. He sounds slow? It just doesn't, it doesn't. Like out of time? I mean, because no, no, that no. could be a big problem. No, not out of time. How, I, don't I know like, you were killing Peter Chris in, the, in, in, a, in a previous oh, Christ. pod. I don't know what, it just doesn't sound like he's hitting hard. Like, did you listen to our episode with Kenny Aronoff? No, but that guy, I mean, he's, he's if, not if, just a metronome, but he's like if a that guy was, human If one. that guy was in Bon Jovi right now, it'd be ridiculous. Like he is... It's ridiculous. That's it. Awesome. You should listen to that episode. It's okay. pretty good. Um, okay, let's hear one more, and then we're gonna then we're gonna uh, get moving on this. Okay. Because you said you don't have anywhere to be. I have nowhere to Not be. Not traveling tomorrow. Nope. Okay. Nope. Let's hear uh, another one from Shots. And again, I've got five copies of this uh, that uh, Alexi will sign, and we'll give these away to the listeners. So let's hear Paper Crown. Long ago. Now, I re- when you walked in, I realized, I'm like, why is that guy wearing a paper crown? And now I know, because it's, uh, it's your hat of choice, it, and I you did. wrote a song about yes. it. And it's disposable, and, and you can have many of them. Alexi, what's that short for? Alexander. Alexander? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's a stage name. I've always been called it, uh, mm-hmm. but legally, it's not in my name. So. And Lawless, what nationality Greek. is that? You look at me, you, you see the six foot four redheaded dude, and you think, oh, obviously, he's Greek. <laughs> yeah, my father is Greek. Uh, I grew up going back and forth between Detroit and Athens, Greece. He came over and met my mom over here. She's mm-hmm. from Jersey, and uh, they got together, and this is That's what happens. Done. This is what happens. Uh, I don't want to gloss over your accomplishments. You played in the 1994 World Cup. Yes, that was in the United States. That was one of the reasons probably why I'm talking to you today actually is because of that it was a huge moment in my life and changed my life forever and you had a quite a rocker look back then (laughs) kind of like kind of like the way john McEnroe looked in his heyday of of tennis you kind of had the big hair and some facial hair and your your hair was very red back then it was very red i i I knew i knew what i was people ask me about this all the time and and i'm a little reticent about 
saying this, but uh, it was calculated. I knew mm-hmm. exactly what I was doing. And it, and it comes from, you know, we talk about the 80s and the you whole... You think Gene Simmons was born with that makeup? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, I, knew, I knew that, and I always considered myself a performer and an mm-hmm. entertainer, and you go in front uh, of people. In my case, it would be on a field, but it's a stage or anything else. Yeah. And you want to make sure that people remember you. And so your costume uh, yeah. and the way that you look is important. And it yeah. always, it always yep. was to me. And um, but it was comfortable mm-hmm. to me too. And, yeah. But I knew the effect that it had and I knew how important it would be. It wasn't just about kicking the ball. Right. We were entertainers here. So. How did you play in those dragon boots? <laughs> those, that must've been, um, I, now it also, it says in 2006, you were, it says elected into the national soccer hall of fame. Well, voted, elected. Yeah. It's a, there's a vote, you know, so okay. people, is that people, like, that's like inducted though. Yeah, you were inducted. inducted. Yeah. Is yeah. there a cash prize on that? No. A certificate? Food. There's a, trophy? There's a, Is there a trophy or plaque? Buffet type of thing. Um, yeah, certificate? Tro- yeah, trophy. Trophy? Mm-hmm. That's pretty or, cool. Or plaque, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. I'm just, I just I just don't want to gloss over this. Where, this is major Where is stuff. that? So it used to be in Oneonta, New York, and now okay. it's actually being re- relocated to Dallas. Okay. So... It's it's cool. I did I did not grow up thinking that I was going to be a professional soccer mm-hmm. player. Growing up in the seventies and eighties uh, in the United States, yeah. that wasn't something that you that you thought of. Right. Um, you know, my my wall was hockey players and musicians. Yeah. That was that was it. And um, and and to say that my parents envisioned uh, their son becoming a professional athlete. My father was a professor. My dad uh, my, my, and my mother was a writer, and um, they supported me in in my athletics, sure. but uh, they did not think that that was something that uh, they would want to happen, but they're okay with it now. Yeah. I, I mean, as, you, as you started right. to uh, advance and, and do well, they, they had to be behind it, right? Yeah. And it kept me out of trouble yeah. and they knew I was good at it. And as long as I was continuing to, you know, just kind of squeak by <laughs> in terms of the grades, they were okay. And do you have uh, siblings? I do have a younger brother. He's a doctor. <laughs> what, what does your he's, a, he's, a, he's a writer. He actually works in the, in the soccer industry now, so oh, okay, he does a cool. lot of uh, uh, digital stuff. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, okay, these are these are not part of our topic, but I want to ask you these: What's your favorite Kiss Kiss album with makeup? Favorite makeup Kiss album? Uh, well, the one that that I connected with most was uh, was. I don't know, if I know. I know it's not an official album, but Hotter Than Hell, the silver one. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, you mean double platinum? Yeah, double platinum, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one. That's that like one. a. I just remember getting it and and being amazed. Yeah, it had that silver record yes, inside. It had all that kind and of stuff. So. I think at the time I might have thought that I didn't know it was a greatest hits package. I thought that was like this is an album. No, but it was it was a greatest hits package. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah but I, yeah. but I don't think I knew that. I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of great songs on this. Yeah, it's the greatest hits album, you jerk. Because they don't probably because it didn't say greatest hits. They, True. That was probably Double calculated. The, that, yeah. Of course it was. <laughs> and the whole uh, the whole shot on the back um, from uh, Alive with uh, at Cobo Hall yeah. and that, I mean that iconic I- image that spoke to me growing up in Detroit yeah. here in Detroit Rock City all yeah. that kind of stuff. So. Uh, now rank the Kiss solo albums from best to worst in your opinion. You mean the four? The four? Because uh, not anything later, right? No. Uh, so best is as we mentioned, Paul Stanley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh God! Um, <laughs> he really doesn't like that Ace album. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah. So it's. I think it's Paul, and I will. And I'll give you Ace. All right. So Paul, Ace, Peter, Gene. Whoa! He put Peter in front of Gene. Is it when you wish upon a star? Is that the one it, that? That's what does it. To, I mean, just God <laughs> kills it. Thank you. 
good God. That's, I mean, that's better than he sounds. <laughs> and I like the one where he goes, dum, 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 and he just goes, lovely. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. All right. Kyle, what are we going to do first with Alexi here? What are we doing? You got a sting for us? Oh, yeah. We are going to do a first listen. I thought you would just New music. Do people know what the, the, the to topic is? Not yet. Oh, okay. Well, they will because it'll pop up and they'll see it. It'll oh, be it'll be it. listed. Okay. It'll be so. listed. But this this doesn't have to do with the topic either. This is going to be a we call it a new music roundup, but it's really oh, just cool. going to be one song. But new music roundup. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's our, that's our that's our sting. <laughs> it's nice that Murray comes in here every time to do that. I know. So that's our sting. See what I wanted to say is Kyle, what do we got next? And then well, you just play the sting. I, yeah, I thought you had it. I I thought we were skipping it. Are you blaming me? No. All right. So we're going to play, this song just came out, I think uh, this, yeah, definitely just came out this week. The album comes out uh, on February 3rd, 2017. Oh, that's a ways off. I know. Not really, though. Once you get through the holidays. Yeah. Um, the singer of this band has been on the show, Ricky Warwick. This is a new song by Black Star Riders. Do you like Black Star Riders? Wow, look it, at you. They're you, really you great. You don't know them? Yeah. They're no. really great. Go ahead. Lay it, was, lay it on me. It was the, it was the touring uh, version of Thin Lizzy. Okay. They were going to go in and make a Thin Lizzy album, and they were like, we can't call this Thin Lizzy. So they called themselves Black Star Riders. This is their third album. The album's called Heavy Fire, and the song is called uh, When the Night Comes In. So let's hear some of it. I walked down Broadway in the bitter cold See my reflection and it makes me feel so old Boulevard and deep recession I went a sky and deep Depression. Give me back my broken life Give me serenity beyond this strife Give me absolute absolution From all this trouble, disarray and confusion This is a call to innocence This is a call to one yourself When the night comes in There's a crack in the universe When the night comes in There's a crack in the universe what do you think of that? Awesome. Isn't that great? I love it. And doesn't he sound like uh, Phil, uh, now we always argue about how to say his name. Is it Phil Lino? Is it Phil Linnet? That's what they told he, me in He Ireland. told me, Linnet. I think he said it was Linnet. He, it's we Linnet here. is what he told I've me. always said Linnet. Yeah. That was really good. It was really, you know what makes for me makes it is the, the I don't know if it's uh, men or women, but the backup uh, vocals. There's a, the, the oohs and the ahs in the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Those are great. And uh, yeah, this is a great band. This is they have two albums out right now, and uh, you should check them out. And it's really check cool. out his episode too because okay. it was great. And he played live in the yeah he did studio. he did an acoustic version of Jailbreak in here that was just ridiculous, ridiculous. Awesome. Give me the yeah. thing. I'm gonna play it. <laughs> I, I just have to play it. Great. We will get to the topic, Alexi. That's what we do. I told you I got, I got nothing so, to do. It's willy nilly in here sometimes. I'm so excited. I'm so just excited about this. All right. Such an honor. Now, Ricky Warwick played jailbreak. It was it was the it was just it was like if you played jailbreak right no now. Way. It was just the three of us. Okay, here it is. Jailbreak 
Somewhere in this town See me and the boys, we don't like it So getting up and going down Hiding low, looking right and left You see us coming, I think it's best You'll move away, do you hear what I say From under my breath Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak So great. That's cool. Love that guy. Such a nice guy. He looks like he would beat you up and kill you and take your wallet, but he's such <laughs> a nice guy. Hugged us. He's all tatted up. He That's hugged great. you? Hugs. Yeah, hugs. Loved it. Good time. I call him a friend. He's not. <laughs> but I call him a friend. Any guest that's on, I then call him a friend all the time for humor. All right. Here we go. I uh, gave you a couple topics. And you picked this one. I'm glad you did because I love this topic. Everyone knows it already out in the world. It's the, the producer's chair. This is when we uh, each pick a producer and we play songs from their producer catalog. You picked someone. I don't know who your producer is. I don't know who yours you don't know is. Who is nope. and, and tonight we're not even going to say until we're, what we're going to do is uh, I'll play one of my songs and you'll play one of your songs and we'll try to guess. Or maybe we just know. It won't be a guess. We might just know. See what our musical knowledge is like. Okay. So Can who we, wants to should, should, should we... What do you want to do? I don't know. I don't know. I know you've done this many times before, but mm -hmm. do you have a definition of a producer, of a music producer? You know what? We had uh, we had Richie Zito on once. Uh, he produced a Rat album. He produced that uh, comeback album in '96, just called Rat. Do you like yeah, that album? I did. I like that album too. Um, real scaled back and real yeah. stark and dry. Why did I say it like that? I like that album too. <laughs> like a weirdo. I turned into a weirdo. But um, yeah, I always liked uh, the albums that he produced, Bad English and Eddie Money stuff and Heart. But um, did he give us a definition that night of what a producer does? He might have, but I can't remember. Problem with Richie was as soon as I did the intro and I said the comedy podcast for all things music, he grabbed onto that word comedy. He's like, this is a comedy podcast? And then... You know, tried to be funny the whole time. Shtick and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was interesting, but uh, but a nice guy, and um, but anyway, what do you think? Tell me, because you know you've. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, but I you don't. But you That's the whole you've point. produced. We just heard stuff you produced. Yeah, but there's. So what's the difference between a engineer and a producer? I think the engineers running cables and getting the sound. You know, exactly. Like if like, I think the producer says to the engineer. Could we hear more of this? Or can you... I think it's kind of like a director and like a, a DP or a cinematographer. Okay. Right. That's what I would say. I, mean, I don't, we're probably not going to get any clarity here. And, <laughs> and nor, nor should we. I mean... Some people tell me that uh, Rick Rubin doesn't do a thing. That's what I've heard. That he just... Takes his shoes off and sits there. Like he, he wants to come in. He doesn't want you he to just, come in. He wants you to come in with everything pretty much ready to go. Yeah, and you thumb up and thumb down. <laughs> right. Because... When we play these songs, yeah. we're, we're basing it off of the credit of this guy or girl produced yes. this. Yes, But we have no idea and there's no real way to know how much mm -hmm. they did. Yeah. Right? Well, I can't... Once you find out who my producer is, then we can talk more about okay. this. Right. But Sorry. Now, do you want me to play my song first sure. or do you, wanna, you, you want me to go? How many songs do you have on your list, by the way? You told me to get 15. What, All right. what was it? But, no, I have, I, have, uh, I have a couple more than you. I have four more than you because I couldn't decide. Show, well, I couldn't right. decide. I'll, I'll, one of mine might be a play out or we'll play out with one of your okay. cool tunes. Okay. So, um, it's your show. I don't even want to tell you the, the, you'll know this, you know this song, just play this song. I'm old, 
Now, I chose that because I wanted to play a song that everyone knows that song. Sure. It's a classic rock it's a great it's a classic song. rock standard. Uh, do you have any idea who produced that song? No. Not at all? Nope. Okay. Mr. Todd Rundgren. Oh, you're going with Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Are you a Todd Rundgren fan at all? Nope. Nope. Okay, nope. cool. But Are you a fan of that uh, song? Yeah. How do you think the production was on that? I think it was great. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was clear and it was concise. Yep. All right? Yep. And it was classic. And I think it, uh, it, it, it made the band um, sound like the band as yeah. opposed to something else. Okay, so, cool. And, and I, could see it, I can see it and hear it being done live and the replication being something good or even better. Now, what I'm going to say about Todd Rundgren that I couldn't say four seconds ago was, <laughs> as we get into some of this stuff, you're going to hear a real Todd Rundgren influence. Like, I find that a lot of the production sometimes sounds like his band Utopia. Like, it definitely sounds like you're like, oh, that's Todd Rundgren's producing that. And he's actually making the band sound like Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Yeah, with some of the stuff. So Okay. That makes sense. And, and he has uh, another reason I picked Todd is because the... It's such an eclectic mix of artists. Like, if you're not familiar with his production work, you're, I think you, I think you, Alexi, you're going to be blown away with some of the songs. I, I, play. I can't wait. I, I feel like I went through this at one point, and and this was a lot harder because mm -hmm. you wanted 15 different songs, yeah, and I didn't want to have the same, you know, same band on every yeah. single song. So I wanted to like you kind of get a diverse array of of songs, and as we as we found out. Once you get to that eight, nine, ten, then it gets a little, it gets, a little difficult. I hope you pick George Martin and we hear all Beatles songs. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, when you want Kyle to fade the song down, just just do, do this. this. Point yeah. at me dismissively. Yeah, okay. Or, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm excited. Are you ready? Yeah. You're just gonna play his first song. Don't say it. I want to hear it. You lie on my face with your jokes and your smiles and the way that you came every night. What you got, but I'm sure glad I found it. Could be wrong, but it sure feels right. And here I am. I'm back on my feet again. Here I am. I'm back on my feet again. Surprise at myself for the way that I feel. So all right. This is from the first of two albums that the babies released in the 80s, 1980. This is Union Jacks, produced by Keith Olsen. We got, <laughs> You're uh, awesome. we got John Wade on vocal. We got Tony Brock on uh, drums. We got Wally Stalker on guitar. We have Ricky Phillips, new to the band with this album. He's on bass. We got Jonathan Kane. You know him from Journey, people. Also bad English. And what is really weird about this is today, I could show it to you. I sent Tony Brock an email because he has a recording studio here in Northridge. And John Waite was on the show, but he wouldn't, didn't kind of steered away from the babies. We didn't really want to talk about it. And I love the babies. Love it. And I know Tony Brock, he'll come in here and talk about the babies. So hopefully Tony Brock will agree to be uh, on the show and chat about the babies. Well, okay. But Keith Olsen is a great pick. Oh God. I love it. A and, great and, pick. And, you know, I had options Mutt Lang and Bo mm. Hill and these yeah, types of yeah. things. But as, as you found, it, like we said, it was all one thing. And also 
as, as a producer gets hot, yeah. then it's kind of that 10, 15 year period where they are on everything. And, yeah. and Keith Olsen is famous for talking about how when he was hot, the, the formula was, if I get one hit out of four different productions, that's good. And that's yeah. what these record companies were, were banking on. Right. So you can imagine the guys that weren't hot, what they were doing. So. Well, that's like Richie Zito. He had like a five or six year period where boom, it just was crazy. And um, the last time I did this, I picked Roy Thomas Baker was my guy last time. Oh, yeah. I was looking him up the other day, too. Oh, well, goodness. this is great. This is going to be a blast. All right, cool. So we went from Grand Funk Railroad. I don't know if I want to say. I just want to, I just want to play the song. Yeah, just play we'll it. talk just about play it afterwards. It. So play, play, uh, play the next track. That's the Psychedelic Furs from 1982 from the album Forever Now. That's Love My Way. Uh, that's just, I, you wouldn't have thought that Todd Rundgren amazing, produced yeah. Grand Funk Railroad in 73, and nine years later, he's producing Psychedelic Furs. I have to actually think, as we go through this list, that Todd Rundgren has made more money producing other people's hits than maybe he has with his own music. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. So, did you know Todd Rundgren produced that? I didn't. All right. It, uh, I think he also, but if, I, if I'm reading this correctly, he also played saxophone on that album and keyboards. Really? Yeah. yeah Alexi also brought his uh, laptop. Yeah. I was afraid, you know, he's going to look up, uh, we're an American band, and then he's going to just tell me who it is. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, you're, you're a savant over there, I mean, with, with, with Keith Olsen. <laughs> oh, that's, I, Keith Olsen's great. I can't wait to, I mean... Also, like when you were trying to figure out what, what to pick to kind of trick him, I was... Thinking, was there one there that I could have? No, I was okay. thinking pretty much everyone he's going to be able to just... I, maybe, maybe one or two of them that he wouldn't But I don't care because I, I love all this stuff. I yeah. love it. And the one I wanted to pick, I didn't want to be first anyway, so it'll come later. All right, you can so. tell me when we get to it. Here we go, next song. Well, I'm, I mean, this is this is a classic song that I think everybody knows Man, and knows how to. So her voice sounds so it's, amazing on that. It's so good. If I if you if I could go back, like she Steve seventies Stevie Nicks, like if you could go back in time, Back to the Future style, and if you thought I might have a shot with someone, seventies Stevie Nicks is so hot. Oh, it's 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 so good. And She's this is coked, this coked, is coked out of her uh, mind, so gettable. And this is, yeah. So this is the the second. Um, uh, what do we call it? Uh, uh, eponymous? Is that what you, we call uh, uh, when it's when it's yeah. named, right? Yeah. So it's the second 
album that Fleetwood Mac actually put out called Fleetwood Fleet Mac, Mac, but right. it was the first one with uh, Lindsey Buckingham yeah. and, and, and Stevie and I Nicks. I like that because they were rebooting, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And for Keith Olsen, it changed his life because he put them together actually with the old version of Fleetwood Mac, got them together, and then produced this album, and it was a huge hit. And then obviously coupled with, with Rumors after, yeah. they went back and sold a bunch of albums too after Rumors came out. And, and was, this, it was, uh, was this one recorded at Sound City? A lot of them was. I don't know if this one actually was, but... Um, let me see. It says... I swore I'd never play yeah, Sound City. I'm not going to play Sound City. Because it's apartheid. Yeah, we're definitely not. It said yeah. it was uh, played it. Yeah, recorded, recorded Sound, Sound City. City. I thought that was in the documentary. You like the Foo Fighters? Yeah. Yeah. I like the Foos and Goos things. Oh, thank you. you. That's cool. We only did that because it foos, have foos and goose because it sounds <laughs> right. We didn't. You didn't include "Long Way Down." I know because you played it so many yeah, times. I get but that's, it. That's that's a jam. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. If I can steal a phrase from uh, April Richardson. All right. Uh, play my next song. Now this song is from 1973, and this is this band's debut album. Let's hear it. New York Dolls. Now, this is where a producer earns his or her money. Yes. <laughs> Making them Can sell. you imagine having yeah. to, to, to get them in line and, and to fi- in, in 1973? Yeah. Good. And that's the same year as the Grand Funk as Railroad. the Grand Funk Railroad, yeah. Song. But the Grand Funk Railroad song made a, a lot more money yeah. than the personality crisis oh, did. Oh, my goodness. I know. It's amazing. He produced that, huh? Yeah. How did, and how did these guys listen to... I mean, how did the New York Dolls listen to anyone? I don't think they did. I think he just kind of mic'd up just the mic'd entire up. room and just put a stay. Th- set up a thousand mics and we'll finish it in post. David, please just <laughs> <laughs> just stand still. Have you seen uh, pictures of David Johansson recently? Uh huh. He's just like as ugly and skinny and as ever. Are you looking him up? Yep, David Johansson. Oh. Is he feeling hot? No. How's he look? It kind of looks like someone he's, wearing he's a Stephen the, King mask. Like a cool guy goatee there or Let's some see. sort of... He, he kind of looks like someone who's, who's dressed as either like... Oh, like, yeah. He doesn't look as... Uh, like I, I, There's pictures of him where his hair is yeah. down and not up in a pompadour and he just looks uh, a mess. But I think yeah. he's all clean and sober now. It's Buster Poindexter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear. Uh, and how that Rihanna song was produced so oh, crystal clear. And, and on that album, uh, there were so many other lead singers because you had Lindsay singing stuff, yeah. and Christine McVeigh singing stuff, and so it was the first time that the masses heard this, and that you know, yeah. landslides on that album too, and, and that Stevie Nicks voice, that distinctive. Monday thing. morning kicks off. Yep. Blue letters on there. Yep. There's great. There's such great songs on that album. Fleetwood Mac's the best. All right, what's next?
That's my uh, that's my dream guest. God, Rick Springfield. I, that's I my, love him that's so my much. favorite Rick Springfield album. Success hasn't spoiled me yet. I love it, top to bottom. When I was in college, it was tough to like Rick Springfield. Uh, I didn't have a stereo at college, but in the library, they had they had like turntables with headphones. Right. You know, and you know, you're walking across the quad carrying a, <laughs> you know, living in Oz under your arm with a <laughs> pinup boy Rick Springfield. What do you listen? What, what is that dude? Rick Springfield. Great writer. Did you ever? Great performer. Did you ever switch? Like put put a different put, put a different album nope, in a different sleeve. Nope. I don't care. Exactly. I don't care. If they're gonna come at me because yeah. of my yeah. Rick Springfield, I, I will gladly take it. Look, I'm sorry because everyone's heard the story, but Alexi might not have heard the story. I remember going back to college and having Paul Simon's Graceland with me, and people like, "What the fuck, Paul Simon?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> pussy, you know, whatever." <laughs> Six weeks later, can I borrow that uh, Graceland album? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you can't. Um, you were ahead of your time. It's, I, mean, it's, I don't know if I was ahead of my time. Well, I just you were, you were in a time that other people weren't in. I'm like, when I like something, yeah. I like it forever. Screw everybody else. Yeah, you know? I like it forever. I, I am The reason why I, I picked Keith was because of his association with Rick Springfield. And, and the, the, I didn't want to do all Rick Springfield, right. obviously, but there's enough here to satisfy. And, and then the diversity of the other stuff that he's doing, too. So His people continue to promise me that he'll do the show. So we're just, uh, we're just hoping and, uh, and, and praying. We praying? We're waiting? Sure. The last thing they said to me was like, was no no they for the said, final time <laughs> for the final time stop asking no they said normally reviewers come to rick but i don't want to go to like this is my this is my uh this is my house i feel comfortable right. here i don't want to go to rick's no house and and do it with them you know what i mean it would be a different show it would be a different show yeah, you, I want, want, you I, want them in your element yeah, yeah. exactly that uh, was christina by the way uh, yes and and it's actually uh, he had to give credit to Bachman Turner Overdrive because it's actually a, he took the music from a song called Jamaica and put words to it. Ah, and, interesting. Um, and it became, it became this song. So, and he does, he still does in concert and, and uh, it's just a real jam, I think. What's, uh, in the past year, what's the best show you've seen? What's the best concert you've seen? Gosh, what have I, I can't remember the last show I went to. It's been a while. What's the best uh, concert you've ever seen? Ever? Yeah. Do you know? Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, the Hysteria tour I saw a bunch of times, which was great because it was in the round. And yeah. It was I didn't get to see that tour, but yeah, that's oh, amazing. I've, so seen, I've seen Def Leppard. His Tesla in, opened in, up too, uh, and it was, so it was like right in that pocket of, of yeah. everything going yep. on. That was... That's a good double bill. That was pretty awesome. And uh, what was the first concert you saw? Uh, well, it's... Uh, I will save it for later, okay? How about All that? All right. Because right? we'll it's going gonna, gonna to play into something that you'll hear a little bit. Okay, the next song that's going to play, this, this is by far the top-selling album that Todd Rundgren ever produced, and th- this is literally probably why Todd Rundgren has a bunch of mailbox money. So, And I'll just say it, it uh, let's hear a little bit of Meatloaf. There's gonna be some light But I gotta get out I gotta pick it up now Before the final cut of dawn So we gotta make the most of our one night together When it's over you know We'll both be so alone
Now, from what I've always read about this is Todd Rundgren really did focus this album, take all this stuff that they did and really put it together in a way that they could record it and release it. Yeah, so, I would think this needed somebody orchestrating yeah. and, and making sure that everything yep. went where and, it needed he, to go. He arranged background vocals and just all kinds of stuff. You know, I think he brought he's the one that brought in uh, Max Weinberg and Roy Bitten from the E Street Band to play on this album. And... Um, because it probably could have been a mess. I mean, this, yeah, this could have been, yeah, this could have been horrible. But, um, but yeah, as as Bravo. you can see later on <laughs> in the meatloaf career. Do you want to do what does meatloaf sound like right now? Can you find that? Oh, it's yeah. called uh, "Braver Than We Are." Uh, you played it on a previous uh, thing, right? It's so sad. I remember laughing on my run. It's in ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, which one do you want to hear? Which, which one's the worst which, one on which, there? Name the, name the titles. Do you have the skull of our country? Yeah. yeah the skull of that. your country? Skull of your country. What's this it called? Skull of your country. <laughs> the skull of your country. How do you bury a nation of these? Where you gonna hide your love through the long years? <laughs> he sounds like someone it's, at the end of a karaoke night. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, like, I can't even believe, like, how do you turn that in and the label says, yep, we got it. Let's do it. Oh, they man, just see them. They just see Big Loaf, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. Oh, he's got the logo, and the cover looks like the other covers. Okay, Jim great. Jim Simon, yeah, okay. Jim Simon wrote some songs. Okay, great. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. How many do you think that sold? That that I I don't even know. Is there a way to find that out? I mean, it just came out this year, a couple couple months ago. One. <laughs> well, Pardo bought it too. So. Oh, two. <laughs> I bought the. I bought the. Uh, <laughs> here's how crazy I am. I got a free copy from the label. Right. And, uh, but then when the, when the target one was released, I went and bought that because I, extra tracks, extra, extra bad tracks, (laughs) even more shitty songs, (laughs) even though I felt, Oh, this, these 10 are unlistenable. Let's see how those other three are. What's that? What's that new? Oh, braver than braver than we are. You looking up if it sold anything. Yeah. I'll see if I can find it. I mean, the business behind it is, is the meatloaf, the brand, the brand, the brand. And so there's the, the, the locked in amount of people that are yeah. going to buy it no matter what yeah. and make this much money. This is how much it costs. So I, I so guess sad. it makes sense, right? It's just, his voice went about six years ago and he just, just, he just, I mean, I don't, I don't, you don't like to say retire, but if you can't. But it's not like a Johnny Cash, you know. Right voice at the end yeah. type of thing. Not that Meatloaf's going anywhere. I mean, yeah. I hope he's, yeah, yeah, hope he's yeah, fine yeah. and all, but you know that stark Johnny Cash thing that that, that he did was. I mean, he he is like an operatic. Right, you can't. You you can't. If you lose that, you just you can't fake it. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't no, really cause, say because <laughs> it and it never will. <laughs> all right, it did go to to uh, number four in the UK albums chart. Well, again, it's the packaging and everything, sure. And if people haven't heard any of it before, or even if they heard one song, they're like, well, that, well, that I still might be a bad track. Curiosity. Yeah. All right. Alexi's up. Let's do this. Huge in England. Here we go.
That's the one you should have played. I don't know who that is. I know. That is Lynch Mob. And uh, oh, Lynch Mob yeah. is... Uh, George Lynch George Lynch. Yeah. And that's a song called Heaven is Waiting from the self-titled album in 1992. So now uh, uh, Keith Olsen is also getting into that whole 80s rock thing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the wonderful way that he records guitars and they're just right there and... Um, just, just a great album, and I, and I love the the vocals there from uh, Robert Mason. Now I think is uh, with Warrant. Mm. So. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, George Lynch was a big buff. He was, yeah, he was a big lifter. Yeah, stuff, and you know, he was a one of those guitar type of gods. And and I, I don't care for guitar solos. Yeah, and yeah, oh, oh there's uh, you know, all that noodling. It just drives me nuts. But he was one that. It was about the riffs, and they always fit the song, and, and they were as interesting as anything in a Dawkins song. So, so you'd rather listen, you'd rather hear an Angus Young play, yeah, than than someone all that. Oh, I'd rather hear the a vocal too. Yeah, that oh, makes sense why you don't like the Ace album. That makes sense why you don't like the Ace album because all guitars. Yeah, it's all <laughs> instrumental. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh, an instrumental yeah. hard rock album of uh, uh, that. I mean this. God bless Steve I and all, and all that yeah. kind of stuff, but no. Doesn't interest yeah. me. Oh. I'm all about uh, the vocals and the lyrics. That's what I want. That's why when I when when the singer loses it, like, you know, the bass player can make a mistake. I won't know. Right. The drummer can right. mess up. I, I won't know. But if the singer doesn't have it, you're like, mm, mm-hmm. oh, boy. Nope. That's what it. I say. I stand up and go, oh, boy, oh, oh boy. This boy. is boy. Not good. They don't think so. Um. Okay, the next uh, the next band we're going to play you you both of you probably never heard of them. This is actually the first band I ever saw live because they opened for Kiss on the 1979 Dynasty tour, and it's because I think Paul was supposed to produce their first album, or maybe he did produce a track or two. But uh, the band's called New England. I think this is from their third album called Walking Wild, and this is a song called Don't Ever Let Me Go. So alive when you're around What have I done? What are you saying? Things don't change on my Starts out a little bit shaky, but right. it gets it gets better. I was worried, and then yeah, it, it, that 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 high part came in. And, okay, now I get. So did what did Todd Rundgren reproduce it because Paul Stanley said I need somebody to produce it? Or, well, the, it says the first album. It says they were discovered by Bill Alcoin, <laughs> okay, who, who managed was, Kiss, yes. and then Paul Stanley helped produce the debut album. Okay, with Mike Stone. Yeah. Okay, and then. Um, they said the second album went almost unnoticed, but has since become sought after because of this third album. Who produced the second album? Does it say? It doesn't. There's not even a the song the the big hit single for it. the big hit single when they were or the the, what, the single I don't know, hit single was a song called "Don't Ever Want to Lose You," and it's a really good tune. That, that was on the album that uh, Paul helped produce. I like New England. New England. Yep. Nope. Nothing. 
trying to find, but I can't. All right. He did you. You tried. Huh? Where, where are they from? <laughs> Texas. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Probably from Connecticut, right? Uh, I assume. What do you mean? Is it in front of you? Uh, yeah, they don't really have their own. Very mysterious. Right. This, this new it's one of those bands that doesn't really have a Wikipedia page. That's on iTunes, though. You can get it on iTunes. There's not even a picture of the band on their no, Wikipedia page. Nope. Before pictures. That's the first band I ever saw live. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I remember I, seeing Wasp open for Kiss on the Animalized tour. You know, there's, you know, coming families are there at that point because they still think, hey. Right. And Wasp is singing Fuck Like right. a Beast and throwing meat in the crowd. Mm, <laughs> not when Blackie Lawless. Blackie. He, had a, uh, he had a circular saw blade yep. as a cod piece. Yep. Ridiculous. Awesome. Okay, let's hear, uh, let's hear some Keith Olsen magic. I'm excited. Oh, holy crap. Unbelievable. I want to get uh, Tawny Katane in here too to talk about the Sunset Strip and you know dating Robin and Rat and, and David. Uh, I mean, it's just it, it, it's that, so good. And and I picked this one because, as we know, in, at that time the, the the age of the ballad and this mm-hmm. this stood out because it yeah. was so so much better produced and it wasn't just yeah. you know, GC chord type of thing that so many others. I forgot did. he produced this album and it's just. And so good, and he, he tells a wonderful story uh, in doing my research for mm-hmm. your for your podcast. Now, did he is he a co producer on this, or, uh, or, or did he? Produce? No, uh, Mike Stone's also on it. Okay, yeah. So, and but he tells a great story about the first song that they actually recorded mm-hmm. vocals to was "Still of the Night." And anybody who's listened to that song, I mean, it's not the easiest song to sing no. when David Coverdale was just coming off of some vocal problems. Yeah, and he just put him right in there, and boom, it's away, like Zeppelin away they went. that song. So, I mean, it's. It's, it's and, and so good start to finish and so well recorded and, and that particular one just so moody and 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 coupled with yeah. the great videos and just, and like the Fleetwood Mac album this was like a re- the reboot of uh cuz they were a more bluesy based yep. rock band but I do like those I like those pre White Snake albums too but I mean the this, slide it in and all that kind yeah, of stuff but the, I mean slide it in was starting to get oh Keith Olsen produced slide it in too that's a great but then this is when they changed the logo and the whole thing just goes crazy. And it was full on arena rock. Like I saw, I saw, um, I saw White Snake in this incarnation. It was a, it was like, it was like one of those Monsters of Rock type festivals. It was in, um, where was it? It was in Wisconsin somewhere, or was it? Uh, yeah, but it was. Um, where was the place where um, Stevie Ray Vaughan? Was? Alpine something. Or yeah, there, it was or? in Alpine no. Valley, and it was uh, the headliner was White Snake. And then before them was Skid Row, and before them was Great White, and before them was Bad English. Nice. And before Bad English, it might this might not even be a band, but I think it was some Hurricane Alice or something like that. Yeah, but it was uh, unbelievable. Great. Cool. All right. I'm babbling. <laughs> uh, this is a group called, uh, this is from 1987. This band's called Bourgeois Tag. 
Have you ever heard of them? I have. And from an album called Yo-Yo, I'm going to pronounce it Yo-Yo. It's Y-O-Y-O. And uh, play this song. This is great. The time for talking's over now. I guess it's time to let you go. But I don't. No, I don't mind at all. It's getting so. Not on iTunes. Really? I had to I had to rip that from a YouTube clip. I don't know why. You would think it's so strange when something like that happens. Yeah, you would think if that song who's holding that back? Because that's one of those songs that pops in your head. You go, Hey, what was that song? Blah blah blah. And then you look it up and you go, I'm gonna go buy that. I love that song. I know. Why isn't that song on iTunes? Is it on Pandora or any of those guys? You don't do any of that. You? No, that's what my kids do. Spotify, though, that's Spotify. how they listen to music. Yeah, that's, is it on Spotify? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to find. I'll have to ask her. Let's look up. You got it right there. I look it up. I'll see. Okay. You like my God? Now I got to spell bourgeois. <laughs> it's uh, it's B O U R G E O I S, and then tag with two G's. I forgot we got a freaking lunkhead sports guy. Didn't <laughs> you know, you get hit in the head. No, it's not. Nope. No. Did you ever get in a fight when you were playing soccer on the sure. field? Not fist fight, hockey type of style right. fight, but you know, there's shoving, shoving and pushing and name calling. What kind of names? It's well, because soccer's so international, so it's a yeah. bunch of different languages. You learn very quickly how to communicate in as many different languages as possible. So. I bet the c word flies. Lots there, of huh? c's. Yeah. yeah, lots of that. That's kind of not stuff. a big deal in some of these countries. It's, yeah, so it's just whatever. It's ama- isn't it weird how? The C word is very different. I th- when I just saw the Who in Oct- on October sixth, I'm pretty sure Pete Townsend used the C word on stage. He doesn't care. You want to silence a room in the states? <laughs> <laughs> you come in hot, heavy with the the C word, and it's all over. Uh, with a hard C. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's next? Ah. Uh. comes back and records Rock of Life. Right. And uh, one of the, the lowest selling Rick Springfield albums. And he actually talks about it. And while he is proud of it, mm-hmm. he recognized that the material, including this song called Honeymoon in Beirut, yeah. not quite um, Rick Springfield fair from yeah. the past. But and it's such a great album. It's a great album. World Stop Turning, uh, oh, Tear It, tear all, it all Down, down All That Woman, and, and all the... All the I, I love that album, and I have for years. And I actually love that song, and uh, I think it. I think it also shows that Rick Springfield wasn't just one yeah. thing. It didn't show it to everybody. No, to very few people. Uh, it's but still, it, still, I don't think people know that his uh, his lyrics are great, and he talks about some darker subjects. And, you know, everyone's just Jesse's girl, and that's right. a shame. And, and and he talks in his autobiography about the dark times that he that he went through, and nobody 
cares or wants to know necessarily yeah. about the dark times that Rick Springfield went through. Right. And yet he channeled it at times into, I think, some really, really good albums, including yeah. this one uh, that came out in 1988, Rock of Life. Rock of Life was the actual single, the, yeah. the one that, that charted. And whatever it sold, it was because yeah. of uh, Rock I of Life. I feel the but, big beat, yeah. the Rock of Life. Uh, I will tell you that this album is signed and framed and hangs on the wall in my office. Oh, that's so cool. I collect, uh, that's what I do after shows. I wait. If I went to a show with you, Alexi, I wouldn't put you through that because you're a star. You wait, you're you know, an barricade or whatever. And, I and wait, wait, yeah, okay. I wait. Yeah, I have tons or, of... Or just in an alley with like one door <laughs> yeah. and people yep. like looking at you. Yep. I got shivved hard by Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo. Hard. It was at the Canyon Club. People know this story. Classic story. Classic Pat Francis story. It's just me. There's no one else. <laughs> I'm wearing jeans and a button-down shirt and just a hoodie. Normal. I think I look fine, not threatening. Backstage, the behind, shape. or you stand where? I'm behind the Canyon Club, uh, okay. and and they. But it's like well lit, like it's, it's well lit. It's next yeah. to like other shops. Yeah. I don't know if you've been there, but yeah, there's like and there's like a parking lot. And they just yeah. kind the, of have the, the buses. Buses and, there, or the car service. They they live in Malibu, I think. So the, I saw a car there, and I'm like, oh, it's car service. Okay, this is their car. So I'm, I wasn't waiting like in front. I wasn't blocking. I was just standing a nice distance, and Pat comes down the uh, the ramp with her handler and I have hold the album there, you know, crimes of passion holding it right there. And I said, Pat, can I get a signature? And she said, sure. Just let me get in, in here for a second. I said, okay. So I thought, so she gets in the car, shuts the door and I thought, oh, she's going to get, you know, situated, whatever. And then she's going to roll the window down right. and call me over. And that, that does not happen. That doesn't happen. And so I'm like, I'm like, that's weird. Is she going to, all right. I don't know. So then Neil comes down, and uh, I said, <laughs> Neil, can I get a signature? And he goes, I remember it like it was yesterday. He goes, oh, buddy, I can't do that. And I just wanted to go, what? Why? 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 What? And they got in the car and left. That's, that's so and disappointing. Like, so disappointing. It was so disappointing. Because it's been... Uh, it's been many times. I met Art Garfunkel last year, and it was just me and him, and we had about a 20-minute conversation. I think if I would have said, do you want to go get breakfast, he would have said yes. <laughs> it was so amazing. I'm like, how does Art Garfunkel, cool with it, personalized it, so nice. We had like a real conversation, and these two bozos, no, buddy. Oh, buddy, I can't do that. I can't do that. Why, did you break your hand since the show ended? All right. Because they don't remind themselves. You know, We're I'm probably going to hear some Pat Benatar, aren't we? It's possible. Hmm, interesting. All right, whose turn is it? I forget. It's me. Okay. Um, Patti Smith, 1979, from the Wave album. Is Patti Smith something you're into? Nope. All right, this is a song called Dancing Barefoot. This benediction she is addicted to I used to not like Patti Smith at all, but then I don't uh, get it. she released I, a, a Greatest Hits, and I went through that, and I'm like, well, I kind of like some of this. 
That's all I so own. So now you do like? I like I like this I like the greatest hits album. I don't mind. So that, that song in particular, what does that do for you? What? Um, I think I just picked that one because um, again to show the diversity of artists that he's worked with, and and like that doesn't sound like Bad Out of Hell, and it doesn't sound like Bourgeois Tag. Got and it. That doesn't sound like anything I don't think we've heard yet. So I think that's the reason I picked it. The, the, but you don't. But you don't like the song. It's fine. Oh, okay. It's fine. Wait, wait. I, I I have the email here. I didn't. We could pick songs that we just don't like, but just show diversity. I mean, uh, it's your show, and, and I'll, um, I'll shut up if you. I don't think I said that in the email. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I like it. I mean, it's not. I mean, on this on this list of songs that I'm going to play, that's probably the one that's at the bottom. Got it. Okay. okay. Right. But it's just different I mean, Patty flavor. Smith, she, yeah, and she's like, you know, I I think everyone knows who Patty Smith is, so it's kind of. Iconic. I like to get a lady in here too. <laughs> I don't want to be dude heavy. All right. Okay. All right. You ready? Oops. Do you want to introduce your songs? It's okay at this point if you want to introduce them, or do you just want to surprise me? It, it, it's no surprise. So I mean, are I, you having I'm fun? I can't tell. I'm having a blast. Okay. Cool. I, right. You have no idea how much fun I'm. All having, right. Good. Honestly. Good. That's what I. I like I'm sorry hear. if I'm not no, dis- displaying. No, it no. T- I say that all the time. Okay. Do you want to leave? (laughs) Go ahead. to get the harmony in there before See, I it's, turn it's, it off. What's great about this is I, I don't know your list and I know albums that Keith Olsen has produced, but I'm not going through them in my head as we're recording. So when that comes on, I'm just like, yes. It's Lou Graham. And, and, and just to show, once again, we were talking mm-hmm. about the, the different types of songs. And if you hear the, like, for example, the snare drum in this, mm-hmm. it's really dry and just kind of raw yeah. and and authentic and garagey as opposed to the uh, the white snake where it's just huge yes. and big and big and boomy but it it just works so well for for foreigner and lou graham i mean you can't go wrong with lou graham I mean. foreigner all their hit songs open with killer riffs like as soon as you hear like you're like oh you know you know the song immediately you know it's foreigner and these guys i love that they hopped around you know keith olsen and then the next album was Roy Thomas Baker and then Mutt Mutt, Lang. Yeah. I mean, I love that they just kept jumping to new, you know, because some people would have said like, hey, Double Vision was great. Why don't you work with Keith again? And they're yep. like, oh, we're going to go with Roy this time. And this is one of those songs that starts with the chorus. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I love, it doesn't always work, but I love it when it works and this yeah. one works because you know exactly what it's all about and, you I know, don't think, do you do more than dance? Great, yeah, great I, line. I don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think um, Foreigner gets enough uh, respect. I really don't. And maybe it's because the version that's out there now just has Mick Jones in it. Right. But I mean, they were always, they were always, cha- I mean, the first two albums had six and then the third album, different bass player. And then the fourth album down to four people. I mean, so, but they were always great. They, they, were always they, great. they wrote great songs and, and the production, as we talked about, yeah, I mean, four, four, I mean, when you listen to that and, mm-hmm. and Mick Jones, uh, he 
co-produced 5150 for Van Halen and Stormfront for Billy Joel. So, I mean, he has producing chops also. Hi. <laughs> so, did I lose someone? When, you don't like Billy Joel when I said Billy Joel? Oh, I Joel, love Billy I thought, Joel. Oh, okay. Not all Billy Joel, but... Yeah. I went, I, I remember in doing this thing, I went to see who produced Glass Houses because I wanted to know if there was enough stuff to get get that one in because that was one of my albums. It's if Phil, I could Phil start. Phil Ramone. Yeah, but there wasn't enough. Of Phil Ramone? No. No, it's, you would have been playing some Paul Simon and some, it probably a Carly Simon track. It just, it fades out, as we said, around yeah. the eight, nine, ten, And then it's all collections and bests of and yeah. KTEL and two, yep. two, those things where they do the two albums together with two different <laughs> bands. And, yeah. <laughs> and you need a producer, I guess, for those. Now, I'm excited about my next song. Okay. Because uh, everyone knows the song. Do you like it more than Patti Smith? Oh, yeah. Patti Smith was the speed bump of my list so far. <laughs> but this, this we're going to skyrocket right up there. All right. And I think, you're gonna, I think you are going to go, Todd Runger produced that song? Lay it on me. Let's do it. so great it's so good and i didn't even i i went back and heard this song and the only reason i knew about this song was because amy mann did a cover of it oh that's cool and uh and so i had never even heard the the original yeah. i heard it from amy mann and i knew it was a, a cover at that point it's so good so this album uh george harrison started the production on it and then he had to i don't know record something or do something and so todd runger came in to finish it off but this is one of the the fixer this is one of the songs that uh that Todd produced. And I think Todd gets mad because George would take credit for producing songs that he didn't produce, which I guess you would get mad at that. Well, that, yeah, there's Especially all that. if those songs are the hits. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's all that co-producing stuff yep. and, and who takes credit. So exactly. That'll play into something coming up here. And, I, you know, that song's iconic from being used in Breaking Bad. I bet that I bet the iTunes sales on that went crazy. I think the they roof. did. I think it was like number one for like yeah. two weeks afterwards. Or something. Yeah. And sadly, I think all the Badfinger members, I think the two main guys committed suicide. That's a horrific behind the music if you've ever seen that. Because they they thought they were really gonna, you know, they're on Apple Records and the Beatles liked them and Paul McCartney wrote "Come and Get It" if you want sure. it. And so uh, yeah, you know what you know what you know this. I'm not schooling you. No, this I, is for the kid. But uh, yeah, then when it, you know when it, when it doesn't skyrocket after that, you don't kill yourself, kids. Don't do that. <laughs> right. But uh, go into sports uh, analyst. Be a sports analyst when it doesn't work out. <laughs> they didn't kill themselves together, though, right? No, no, no. Okay. no. That would be a Romeo and Juliet thing. That'd be weird. <laughs> What's next? What do we got? Oh, uh, what do we have next? Do you? For, I think you forgot that we were recording a show here for a second. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. No, it's your turn. I know. Oh. Oh, buddy. <laughs> this isn't about you. <laughs> yeah, she treat, treat me wrong. Uh. 
Listen to Spider. Listen to him. It's great. I love it, but... All right, that's good. I have sour grapes. I don't like that they call him Spider either. That sounds like a guy giving himself a nickname. All right, you pronounce his last name then. Geraldo. Yeah, it's difficult for me. So I she goes. Him. She goes by Geraldo now too, I basically. I, and, and he's on the bill everywhere. And oh yeah, I if, get it. I, if, if I wanted to have, her, if I tried to get her on the show, oh, yeah. he would have to be here too. But oh, buddy, but, I can't be on your show. But they blanked you, and that fifteen seconds <sighs> is af- affecting you right now. That's it's, what I remind myself each and every time. If I would have them now, yeah, you sign autographs. Yeah. And I tell him, I, I, for, for years, I've said, this could be the only 15 seconds that this person has to create a perception of who I am. It might not be fair. I might be having a shitty day yeah. or anything like that. But it's this 15 seconds. And some point, somewhere around the world, someone's telling a story like you're telling right now. Yeah. And that's the 15 seconds. And I'd like to go through life limiting the 15 yeah. seconds out there where people are saying he was an asshole. I have to be honest. If I ever got a chance to interview them, I would tell them that story. Because I've said it so much on this show that I would feel like I was being, um, is the word disingenuous to the listeners if right. I didn't bring it up. Yeah. And I would bring it up at the end. <laughs> right. As would, they're I walking would, out. I wouldn't open with right. that. It's different from and doing would, the, And, and I, I got to be honest. Go ahead, Kyle. Wait. I was going to say, it's different than doing Paul Stanley's impression to him because that's oh, I'm making a joke. Fun, <laughs> yeah. That's a, the guy has a lisp. I'm making fun of his lisp. But yeah, this is like an actual interaction you had. I with think them. if they heard that story, I think in, I think that I mean they might be pissed that maybe I said it on a point. But I also think they would be like, "Oh, did we do that? That wasn't cool." And the problem, the big, the biggest thing was I had just read her autobiography. It had just come out, and in it she says, "I love my fans. There's nothing I wouldn't do for my fans." I'm like, "Well, here's one dude." <laughs> Only one dude standing one there. Guy. I mean, you know, the one. The you think one that's guy. why they did it? Because they're like, who's ever going to know? I don't know. It's it's irritating to me. Yeah. I st- I still love her. And so I, to I get back to too. your question yeah. a long time ago, uh, this is my first concert ever. Uh, oh, okay. Pine Knob Music Theater uh, in Clarkston, uh, Michigan, Crimes of Passion tour, um, and I was what 12, 13 years yeah. old, not even. And <laughs> my mom let me go with this sixteen-year-old. Uh, a friend of mine had a sixteen-year-old. Uh, sister who had just learned to drive and we jumped in the car and drove up to and you know the, I, I get in there and it's, it's the whole amphitheater thing yeah. and the, the the pot smell and the and the whole parking lot thing and i was i'm done that's that's this is the best thing i've ever seen you in were my 12 life. and this uh she was 16 okay let's continue <laughs> <laughs> so Did she feel like she was babysitting you or were you just it was a different both, no i mean it was just, just a different time of the was, music yeah. so you were like yeah. let's hey this this kid likes pat benatar too let's right. go she's playing at pine knob yeah. let's go now did get, the 16 the year old did she uh toke it up a little bit they ditched us as soon as we got in oh really so we found them later on but oh, okay and so, so they did. I, I you know i'm looking around at, at this just amazing things it's my first yeah. rock experience and this is pat at her rockiest yeah, I mean, you know her, her voice is just <sighs> incredible incredible so good what um was there an opening band for that i can't remember um i can't remember no i can't remember no, but no. speaking of, of opening bands i once went to pine knob to see the kinks and the only reason i went was because amy mann was opening up and i got there and she wasn't they had, she had canceled and i tried to get my money back <laughs> and they wouldn't give me my money back so i went and watched a the three songs of the Kings and the left. And I like the Kings, but there was a reason why I was there. 
and you were bummed I was bummed. for the reason you were bummed. If she would have been there, you would have stayed for the whole King yeah, set. Exactly. That's like when we went to I went to see the first time I saw the Who was in two thousand two. Took me that long to see them. And um Counting Crows were supposed to be opening. And uh this was just a couple weeks after John Entwistle had passed, but they decided to soldier Keep on. Going, yeah. Because Pete said, Look, we get we have all these people that have counted on us for their money for the year. We can't It's like A C D C Yeah, we can't let these people down. But we get there and there's a a sign up and it says due to illness uh, Counting Crows will not be performing and I turn to my friend and I go the who lost a member died <laughs> and they're here tonight right I'm like that better be a singer it better not be the guitarist number three or a bassoon player or whatever backup the thing they have in Counting Crows uh. all right this is uh, this is 1979 and uh, I might do a double shot here I'm gonna do a double shot you can take this last song Kyle and move it up right behind this one because uh, Todd produced this band twice. So here's what he did in 1979. This is uh, from the album Remote Control. This is The Tubes. This, uh, this was the first Tubes album that was uh, the most accessible. And I, f- I feel like Fee Wable is singing like Todd Rundgren on that song. Mm-hmm. And now the next song, song I'm going to play is from 1985. Todd comes back six years later. He produces an album called Love Bomb that I just discovered uh, like six weeks ago. And I, when I discover something that's been around for 30 years that I've never heard before... And then I love it. I just keep thinking, I could have been listening to this for 30 years. <laughs> now, who knows how long I have? Two, three more years left in life? But this is a song called, this song is called Piece by Piece. And this sounds exactly like Todd Rundgren's band Utopia. Let's play it. She looks good, but she's not altogether. love that sound so much did do you care for that at all i do i know why you love it though because it's got some cheap trick to it you it's know? got a little cheap trick yeah. in there too yeah but i really uh yeah i love that album so much this whole album just uh my kids are like oh dad come on every day with is this- it the lasers they don't like <laughs> they're like every day with the love with the tubes why weren't they bigger i don't know because right after that remote control album then they worked with david foster and had uh, some great success. I don't know why they weren't bigger. 
You like the tubes? I do. I love, uh, what is it? Talk to you later. Oh, I love that song. That, that And that guitar in that is just wonderful. It's Steve Lukather. It's so good. Co-wrote that with Steve Lukather. I, uh, Sometimes to get guests, I go to their website, and I know there'll be a contact thing. So I went to the Tubes website because I really was getting into them. And I said, you know, send a e- general email. I'd love to have uh, Fee Wable on the show. And uh, the email comes back. It's, it's Fee. Fee's the one that answers the email. And he just said, yeah, we'll do that after the European tour. And I'm like, okay, great. So then the European tour has been over for three weeks, and now I'm not getting any response from Fee. He's, he's decompressing. I guess so. I hate you don't rush, Fee. <laughs> I would rather people say no, like a definitive no. Like, I hate to be strung along. Like Pat, the way Pat. Well, well was that definitive? That, that wasn't really definitive. No, she said, yeah, she, let me, she left just it let open. me get in here. Spider was pretty much no. Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no one of those eight legs could sign your album? <laughs> he didn't say no. He just said he couldn't do it. So I, maybe he doesn't know how to spell his name. I don't know. Geraldo, he can't say it. Maybe he can't pronounce it. He can, he he can write it on the check. Yeah. You're being very forgiving. Goddamn right he can. <laughs> All right. Let's hear. I want to hear some Keith Olsen magic. I don't know if you ever heard this song. Mm, maybe. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine. She's watching him with those eyes And she's loving with that body I just know it And he's holding her in his arms Late, late at night You know I wish that I had just seen Okay so uh, now, obviously everybody's heard th- this song and it is... Uh, but it never gets old. And the reason why I, I picked it was because, well, first off, um, Keith Olsen only produces two songs off of this album. Yeah, the other uh, ones are Bill Drescher? Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. And so he comes in, uh, hired gun, mm-hmm. fixer, and not just produces two songs, but produces um, two hits with... Uh, with Jesse's Girl and I've Done Everything For You, mm-hmm. which is a, a Sammy Hagar yep. song. And the reason why I picked this one was because it is the perfect pop song. It is. In the way that it was produced, the way that it was written, and the way that it was uh, performed. In And you can segment it out and, you know, a great opening that's very recognizable, the, yep. the dynamics of the, the, the soft to the hard and all that kind of stuff, the B sections and all that kind of stuff are just wonderful. It is... It is the re- there's a reason why it's so popular and why yeah. it should be so popular. And, and the lyrics, you know, I know we talked about Honeymoon in Beirut and stuff like that. <laughs> this is a little bit different, but everybody yeah. can relate to somebody else having a girl Absolutely. that you go, wow. Yeah. That, uh, who, who, was the, who had the girl that you wanted? Who was the girl, Kyle, you wanted, but you couldn't get her? I don't even know if I can think of one. Because you don't like girls? <laughs> That's no, fine. I just can't. I just can't think of this it. This is the best state for you to live in if you don't like girls. So it's cool. <laughs> what about you, Alexi? Who do you remember? The girl that you couldn't get? Uh, I remember. Yeah, I remember girls that were with other guys, and I remember other guys looking at me with girls that I was with oh, too. There so you, go. you had that fair turnabout, you know, fair play, and all that. I was too busy talking about comic books. I can tell you the girl. I'll tell you the girl. I, I know the girl. The girl, her, it was Bridget Agner. And the guy that got her, it was Mitch Bachman. And Mitch Bachman had like a full head of like Greg Brady or Roger Daltrey, Tommy era hair. And he was tall and he was, he was good shape. And I'm like, 
motherfucker, are you kidding me? <laughs> but then eventually they broke up and I hung in there and then you waited him out, right? I waited him out right. and then, and then a, a funny, funny one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and spiders involved in this too. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> not in your story, no, uh, no. but, but in this, in this song, I think, he, uh, I think he plays the, the solo or something yeah. like that. So they, they get together and, and obviously, uh, that whole connection between Vanitar, uh, and, um, and Rick Springfield and, and Kate. Rick's, uh, Rick's version of, uh, I've done everything for you is better than Sam. It is. It's, 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 it's much better. better. Because I think Sammy, Sammy's got some dated lyrics in his, his, like he says, you didn't know how to hook a man. And Rick says, you didn't know how to love a man. Right. And Sammy, that hook a man just sounds like, it's like in the original version of uh, Here I Go Again when he goes, uh, when he says, like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. But hobo sounds better for some reason. You like a hobo? I was born to walk alone. I like drifter better. I like drifter better. <laughs> it was what I was going to say. What did I say? What did I say? I liked hobo. Yeah, no, I like drifter. It's got to be drifter. You mean yeah. they changed it from hobo to drifter? Is that what you mean? Mm, or no, did they change it the other way? They changed it from drifter to hobo. No, 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 they, no. The original was hobo. It's got to be okay. Yeah. So yeah, the the one that Keith produced all I was going to say is drifter. Keith put his foot down and said. I know you like the hobo thing, but we're going to go with. Uh, I'm Drifter. on board with saying that Drifter is better. It is okay. Okay, yeah. what are you doing? We I have both versions in that computer, but we don't. We, let's not get off track. Yeah, we don't. We we haven't been off track at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, this is from the third album by I'm going to say the top selling duo of all time. I think I'm right about this. There's a guy named Daryl, and there's a guy named John. And you know them as Hall and Oates. This is from their third album called War Babies. You will not know this song. This is no man eater. Private eyes. Kissing my list. This is a song called Can't Stop the Music. He's the star on the stage, but he screams all night because he can't get to sleep at all. And his favorite book by the TV light can't stop this madness. Or remember the ending to a song It played it much too long I do like that song better than the Patti Smith song, though. Now, <laughs> that's Oates singing, right? Yes, that's Oates. Okay. Yeah. They do not have good album covers. No. No, they don't. <laughs> like, this they one, don't. I get what they're going for, but it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. They got some Ritz crackers on there. Yeah, it's bullshit. Nixon pin. They should have called this album bullshit. <laughs> a Nixon um, pin. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a favorite Hall and Oates song? Yes. Uh, from my favorite Hall and Oates album is Voices. Mm-hmm. And I love, well, I have two, but I love How Does It Feel to Be Back. Okay. And I also like um, Out of Touch. You're out yeah, of touch. Great. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Hall and Oates song? I do uh, like Wait Sarah's. For me. Like Wait, Wait For Me. Wait For Me is a great song produced by song. David Foster. I love that. Why do I know? I know stupid stuff tonight. Sometimes I'm I'm bumbling over my words. I can't get a thought out of my head. Now they're just clicking. I've been it's sick in bed funny. all. I've been sick in bed all week, and I think I'm just happy to be out. You don't look sick or sound Thank sick. You. Thank you. We were supposed to do this a couple of weeks ago. We were. I had flown in from Indianapolis, right. had some flight trouble, and then when I did get home, then I'm like, oh, the last game of the World Series is on, and boy, I'm glad we canceled. Not because yeah. I canceled on you, but no, no. Did you watch that game? Yep. 
I didn't what even watch game. baseball, but I, I was drawn what to it. I had to. Yeah. That was a great game. All right. That's a sports <laughs> tangent because we got a sports guy on. We like better music or sports, be honest. Music. All right. There you go. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> What if he said sports? <laughs> I don't watch sports, but I like them. <laughs> I like it better. Let's hear it. This is my favorite Pat Benatar album. Something happened though to Pat Benatar. Like after, after the fourth album, she just stopped signing. It just, um, <laughs> it just kind of, you know what I mean. Like some people have a, a catalog that goes on and on, and, and hers started to. What do I want to say? I think the songs started to get. Well, she did the whole jazz thing, right? I mean, yeah, that, but after she, all fired up and that kind of stuff. Like and, every album had like a like one killer song on it. Like the first three or four albums have. You can listen top to bottom, but then it started to just be like one or two, like like love is a battlefield, and then we belong, and then uh, sex is a weapon, and all fired up. But then it just you know what I mean. But the whole album, the albums weren't good. But this one is your favorite. I do your like favorite? this one the best. I and really it, do. And it just starts off with promises in the dark. Mm-hmm. My favorite part in promises in the dark is when the breakdown at the end two, where you hear oh, exactly. Yeah, sorry, it's, just, it's such a little thing. I mean, it's, I know. it's but that. That those little things, yeah, and those video, the video too, and the live videos that they had for these, and Neil would go, two, three, four. and Neil looks amazing. Neil is he's aged, he's a rock star. Fan, he's a rock star. He really is, and he's underrated as a guitarist. Yep, yep. highly underrated. So good. Uh, but keeping the one, two, three—that's production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? He's also overrated as a guy who signs albums. <laughs> Um, this is a band I started to get into this year because people told me I should get into them. I'm, I'm not whole, I'm not, um, what do I want to say? I'm not totally sold on this band. The band's XTC. Mm-hmm. I heard you talking about that. And, uh, and we are, it, it is XTC, not XTC. It's XTC. Well, no, you were, you were asking them whether it is. How do you say XTC. XTC. <laughs> say it again. XTC. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. XTC. Cheap trick. Cheap trick. Chat track. <laughs> clap trap. Um, so this is, from, this is from an album that uh, is one of their most popular, Skylarking. Uh, there's stories about Andy Partridge and, and Todd Rundgren not getting along, and Todd takes more credit than Andy wants him to take, and blah, 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 blah. But this is, uh, this is a song called That's Really Super, Supergirl. I dedicate this to you, Kyle, because you like superheroes. And girls. I can't hold you now. If you want to fly, can't you see I'm all broke up inside? I'll just use the two X-ray Heard like kryptonite, put me on my knees. Now that I 
And that song actually reminds me of a Utopia song from 1982 called Feet Don't Fail Me Now. It's almost like Feet Don't Fail Me Now. You know, da, 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 da. so are you the into thing. them now? I mean, are, this album's really good. Them? It'll be like one album I'll love, and then the next album I'm like, oh boy, I don't like that at all. You know, it's one of those things. I haven't listened to any I think except if, for Ballad of Peter Pumpkin. Yeah, I, mean, I think if you thing, I think so. if you find a greatest hits compilation, you will be set. Okay. Sorry, people That's who I'll love do. them. Sorry, would Kev, that be on the greatest Kevin hits? Kevin Compton. Yeah, that sh- that should be on the greatest hits. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of. Uh, Waiting for Guffman, a song from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it felt maybe. like it. Yeah, sure. It felt like you know. Uh, Peter Pumpkinhead sounds a like stool a or character from a Waiting for <laughs> Guffman. Yeah, so XTC. Uh, some of their stuff is great. I don't like it all, but stuff I like, I like. So, what do you got for me? I'm I'm excited about this next one. Ooh, okay. This might have been one that would have stumped him. That this and Lynch Mob. You don't know too. anything about me. Yeah. You don't know anything. You don't know me. You haven't walked in my shoes. I love it though, but I don't know who that is. Okay, so this is from 1979 on an album called Marathon by Wait, a band don't, called. Don't say anymore. Marathon. No, go ahead. Santana. Whoa. Yeah. So um, this is the, the Santana phase where you had winning and. Oh, uh, yes. Um, uh, open invitation, all that kind of stuff coming out where Carlos Santana recognized <laughs> that um, there's money in, in pop songs and money yeah. in singles and all that kind of stuff. And this was one of those songs that I, it was in the recesses of my brain uh, from listening to radio in Detroit in the late seventies and, mm-hmm. and early eighties that I just remember. And you can tell why it was a hit uh, or why I like it was because it was that three chord chorus and stuff like that. And as I have told you before, I don't like guitarists. Yeah. Um, and this was a perfect meld of guitar that fit and yeah. I think still lived up to what Carlos Santana is, but also within a, a great pop song that it had right. something for everyone. And I credit uh, my friend Keith Olson for pulling that all together and making a good pop song for a band that obviously was known primarily for this incredible guitar player. So you're like me, you're not going to buy, you're not going to buy a Steve Vai album no. or a Joe Satriani album or an Ingve Malmsteen nope. album. Yeah. It just doesn't nope. interest me either. Do you like this whole album though? Nope. Oh, just that song. <laughs> just that no, song. I, it's, it's an okay, it, there are other songs there that are okay, but, um, this, this song in particular, and I think as we, we started talking about, how songs relate to moments in your life. And, you know, this, this conjures up memories of WRIF and right. WLLZ and, and all these different things and, and sitting with your little radio back then. Um, you, you probably didn't have that. Uh, did no. you have a radio? Did you have cassettes? Yeah, I remember cassettes for sure. Did I you had, have them? Yeah, I had like an album, the Chipmunks one. And then it like, <laughs> it like, 
it like uh ate the tape ate it like the first day and it like made weird noises and it like kind of scared me so then i didn't get anything for a while wow the alvin and the chipmunk cassette made weird noises well, like it was, sure like, it like slowed just... them down and like the so tape they appeared normal like, then if yeah. they slowed them down kill, kill your mother <laughs> Um, so this next artist, I'm not going to tell you who it is, okay. but I'm going to give you a lot of ramp up here on this. Okay. This is from 1980. All right. Uh, he does, uh, he does an album of all covers, did a version of Rebel Rebel by David Bowie. Uh, the band that backs him on this album is Todd Rundgren's Utopia. And, uh, I'm not going to tell you who this artist is, but this song is a song by the who this is uh, so sad about us. You know who that is? Well, it sounds like Robin Singh. So, Rob, uh, Robin who? Zander, doesn't it? Isn't it? Uh, it's not Robin Zander, but I, I'll, I'll get. Okay, that's not bad. He was uh, he was a teen heartthrob. Leaf, close. You get Garrett. closer. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, he was a Hardy boy. Oh, uh, oh mother. What the hell is his name? Uh, Sean Cassidy? Sean Cassidy. Good God, thank yep. you. Sean Cassidy. He did a collection of covers, including a Who song, and it was produced by Todd Rundgren? Yeah. Todd Rundgren? Yeah. I mean, that shows the power of what a teenage <laughs> idol in yep. in a hit show can... Yep. This was like his fourth or fifth album, but he wanted boat, to... A load of money at him. I know. Yeah, he was on Warner Brothers. Say, Todd, you want to produce something? What is it? Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. I said here he did like three Todd Rundgren songs on this album too. Oh, does he? Cool. Yeah. What are they? Do you know? Oh, I just went away from it. Hang on. Not helpful. Uh, pretending. Okay. Uh, Wasp, which is the title track. Okay. And then Selfless Love. Yeah, none of those are real popular Todd Rundgren songs. <laughs> Here's a couple throwaways. Can I get more money? That's what he was well, it's thinking. Smart, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, I've got some songs for you, Sean. He did the calculate. This is going to yeah. sell. You know, this is the meatloaf <laughs> phenomenon. Exactly. All right. You're next. I can't wait. Keith Olsen produces some good stuff. Nobody like you could keep me in the dark. special. know i like my rock and roll southern fried <laughs> i didn't know he produced uh yeah 38 yeah, special yeah he produced which album is that that is a strength in numbers uh in 1986 and uh that's somebody like you and there's another song on that album called just a little love which i, I like a lot and i love the way that he records guitars yeah, yeah. and and i love 38 special yep. because 
obviously there was that whole southern thing that they yep. that they hold on loosely yeah. such a good song uh, so, so many good songs and, and just great song writers and it was overshadowed at times by that southern thing but eventually they just said you know we're a pop band we're a pop band and it they embraced like a, it cr- some crunchy guitar yeah, in there i love it beautiful crunchy guitar just well recorded and and they write good songs yeah that's cool would you rather listen to uh lennon skinner to 38 special well, people are going to be up in arms if I say this, but 38 Special. Of course. It's yeah. much more, it's more fun. My brother would, will, will kill me because he's a big Skinner fan, but it, it doesn't even come close. What me. if I said, well, it's, it's easy, dude, the outlaws. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Um, okay, uh, after, um, after Bad Out of Hell, mm-hmm. um, Meatloaf and Jim Steinman have a parting of the ways. Ooh, okay. And um, in the divorce, uh, Jim Steinman gets, uh, he gets Todd Runger. So Todd produces Jim Steinman's first, first and only solo album. Wait, why did he attach himself to that horse? I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, maybe, maybe Meat was a maniac to work with. Yeah, that's and possible. Todd's yeah. just like, well, you know, maybe if this album sells a fourth of what uh, Bad Out of Hell, but it didn't sell. But, um, this song and eventually meet uh, all the albums on this all the songs on this album bad for good meet right. eventually pretty much recorded all of them throughout his career but this is a jim steinman does not have a good singing voice <laughs> i didn't know he sang so i'm excited i don't think he do does <laughs> but this song is called this is a great song though bad for good and i i got to tell you jim steinman sings better than meatloaf sings now then let's hear it bad for good title track Living your life like a girl in a cage And you whisper when I want you to shower And I'll never know why you wanna go on sleeping When there's nothing left to dream about But you better remember if it's something I want Then it's something I need I wasn't built for comfort, I was built for speed If it's something I want, then it's something I need I wasn't built for comfort, I was built for speed And I know that I'm gone The background vocals and all the people that I think it's all the people that played on uh, Bad Out of Hell are on this, and it's always like it was always like that thing. Man, that would have been a great Meatloaf album. That's, that, that's what everybody's saying when yeah. they hear it, right? It's yep. This, well, did Meat ever do this, or did they just pull out his vocal and he I went know, in? Yeah, and, I, no, I don't think. I think because uh, Meat made a different album. He made the Dead Ringer album. It's like they wanted to get all the arrangements, and they were like, Jim, can you come in and just lay a track down? Just right, just do a your best, track. Yeah, there we go. Best Meatloaf impression, and yeah, but we'll, it's we'll uh, do it later. But I, I pulled a... Oh, he's not uh, coming in? Okay, we'll just release this. I pulled a, a good section of the song. Like, uh, the, the way the song starts, he's, his voice is really weird. You want to you wanna play it? Of course. Okay. <laughs> You can hide away well, which one is it? The storm, but you'll never hide away from me. 
And they just put that echo on to yeah. make him sound a little I better. Know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, when Milo finally recorded it, he recorded it for Bad Out of Hell 3, and Brian May plays guitar on it. Oh, he, he recorded this song? Yeah. He oh, went, okay. He, he went back he, and he, said, yeah. all right, let's, let's yeah, do this. Yeah, he eventually story. recorded all these songs okay. throughout his career. Meatloaf did. So this was just a... a like, you can piece together your own version. Okay. You, you can piece together your own version of Bad for Good with Meatloaf's versions. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Cool. And do you have a playlist like that on your iPod? I don't, but you know what? You son of a bitch. I'm yeah. going to make one. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now and not pay attention. All right. Let's do it. Ann Wilson, Mike Reno from Loverboy. Yep. yep. I love Loverboy. David, oh. Wy- David Wilde, I, he's going to hate that I say that. But Why? I do. Why would he hate that? He saw them open for Rick, uh, I think, in the summer. He was like, oh, boy, they, that was, they were terrible. I'm like, I love them. What do you mean they were terrible? What? what <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> it's not... Um, I saw, I know they're, I'm friendly with their management. So every, whenever they come, it's, they don't come a lot, but I, I always get to go and, the last time they came, uh, I went to, uh, they were at the Canyon Club. And, uh, yeah, they took me into, the, I had never been in the dressing room. Ooh. So I got to go up to the dressing room, and, and Mike Reno, uh, he said, uh, he goes, did you come to the show by yourself? I go, no, I came with my friend, who's Mike, also named Mike. He's like, where is he? I go, he's downstairs. He goes, go get him. <laughs> no, actually what he said was, uh, do you think he'd want to come up and hang out and have a beer with, with me? I go, yeah, <laughs> so that's how it went. Well, my friend doesn't drink, but we he had a soda he's, with him. He's a great singer. They had uh, just getting started of an album they did in 07 that was really, really good. You know, and some of these oh, bands. Oh, yeah. Just Getting Started is my favorite Loverboy album. I love that's, it. I mean, they were able to, they actually, they actually made a new album and they captured that energy. Every song is good. It's, it's so a short good. album too. It's like 30 minute album. The real thing and those types of, oh, oh so good. So good. So good. And, and. It's difficult, I think, for anybody and any producer mm. to get a, a duet that actually yes, that, that lives up to it and both of them get their due and this worked. And uh, obviously this is from uh, the Footloose soundtrack mm. and, and he worked on a bunch of soundtracks. If you look at yep. Tron and uh, Footloose and uh, uh, Vision Quest and when they say work on it, if you have a song on it, then you get a, a, a yeah, credit get a on it. So, credit. so Were you thinking, was, uh, was Bruce Fairbairn one of the producers yep. you were thinking yep. of? I have a list here, yeah. I, actually, I went... I have a list on my on my Spotify: Ray Thomas uh, Baker, uh, Bob Rock, Jimmy Iovine, um, Michael Wagner, Mutt Lang. All good. Tom Warman, Bob Clear Mountain. Yep. Bruce Fairbairn. Yeah. Bo yeah. Hill. You, yeah. Yeah. You 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 went through the Rolodex. You picked out. But good I couldn't ones. get to the fifteen. I couldn't get to that magic number for some of these. And uh, so Keith, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I threw down that no, number. No, it was and that it was good. You. It was important. I think. Otherwise, it would have been me doing a, a Def Leppard show. <laughs> Bring 75 songs. <laughs> uh, okay. Is it my turn? You're up, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. This, this song, I, 
I had never heard this song before. Okay. But the thing that jumped out at me is my wife's name is Pilar, and this song is called Pilar, and then in parentheses, uh, things are different. Things here are different. It's by an artist named, and I can't say her name, Jill Sobule. Sobule? Yeah. So I was like, uh, oh, Todd produced this. Supermodel, I think she said. Todd produced this album, and then I saw the song with my wife's name. I don't think they say her name in the song, but um, let's hear it. The album's called Things Here Are Different. So let's hear the song. Since the man has died Don't think the people have changed We can put up posters We can riot in the street Still a woman can't make ends meet So why don't you do something about it Things don't happen to you You make them happen She laughed See, I don't hear any Todd Rundgren influence no. on that. I'm like, what did he, did they just want to have his name on the album? It says here that he also played guitar, but it doesn't say which songs, mm-hmm. but he played guitar on some of it. I think he, like with that, uh, with that piece by piece um, song by the Tubes, like he, he played on every track right. and he was singing background vocals. I mean, he really like took over. It was almost like he was recording a Todd Rundgren album, I think for that. And I, I, I don't know, obviously every artist or band probably, reacts to a producer differently. Yeah. Some of them that are hands-on that are getting in there and playing it. And yeah. there's stories of producers going back in the middle of the night or when the band's out actually going back and, and doing it over. And Yeah. But, you know, you got to get that done. Yep. And you, that's your job, right? I'm a guy, like, when I would buy an album and I would flip it over and see who produced it, I was always excited. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, great. I'm glad they're working with him. And that's why you like albums, and that's why you like, why like the albums. CDs, you I know, don't. to have that in your you, hand. You brought physical CDs. I, I did, but just because you can actually on Amazon get physical CDs and made by the, from the digital version. So these are even, these are even like... You're not going to read anything in there. There's not going to be anything. But there, it's even in a jewel case. Like a lot yeah. of times, um, it's, a, it's a digipack thing. Like I don't want to say when you're... Because you, you, you do this all yourself. Right, yeah, right? I do it all myself. Thank you for bringing this. Oh, no. My pleasure. By the way, I'm going to throw out the question that you're going to have to answer. This is good. I put it right in the middle of the episode because they not in the tail end. <laughs> yeah, it's but the middle. Three hours in. Here's what I want you to do. <laughs> email me. Uh, and the email address is uh, rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com. And please include your mailing address, people, because if you don't, I swear to God, I'm not even giving you a second chance. I'm immediately deleting it, even if you're, the answer's right. I shouldn't have to do one more step. I'm giving you something for free. Alexi brought these out of his goodness of his heart. How much do I owe you for this? No, it's good. Thank fucking God. Um, <laughs> I want you to tell me the three soccer teams, and I gave you one, so you only really have to come up with two, but you need to list all three that uh, Alexi uh, was general manager of. Okay. And I know you can just, you can go Google it, but still you have right. to put some time into right. it. And right. I will, and I take off for spelling. So right. make sure you spell yeah. all this correctly. Uh, and spell your mailing address correctly. That's true. Boy, I hate when the guy when I get it and then like the guy's first first in immediately. And then I, and I'm he's like, first because he didn't take time to put in his mailing no, address. No mailing address. Where am I supposed to send it? Jump the gun. Yeah. You know, all excited. And yeah. Nothing. Put a label on a butt fuck Egypt and I right. drop it in the mail. Right. I don't know where it goes. What's your next tune, buddy? Uh, I think we're, fr- we're friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I thought so. 
when Steve Lukather was on at the end of the show, I said, uh, hey, when you guys, uh, I know you're coming in the summer with, uh, yes, would it be possible to get tickets to that show? It's, oh, yeah, you and everyone else, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have him sign an album? Oh, yeah, he signed okay. Toto 4. Oh, of course. Cool. Yeah. I like you that. like Toto. I, I like certain songs, uh, but I'm not a big Toto fan. I mean, you know. I'm going to steer hold you. Hold the line. And what, what was, this, what was this, the ballad? That, uh, Africa. No, it's not Africa. <laughs> it's a different one. <laughs> uh, so good. And I can't remember the name of it. I'll, I'll figure it out later. All right, what are we doing? Uh, I'll Supply the Love. That's not a ballad, though. No, um, no, no, no. It's, it, was a, it was a hit. Rosanna? Uh, no, but that's a great song. Georgie Porgy? No. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I want you to go uh, seek out this Toto album. I'll be over you. I'll be over you is great. That one. Seek out the third Toto album. It's called Turn Back. Okay. It was. It did not do well. Already love it. Yep. And it is because sometimes for me, the album that's like the weakest, like my favorite Foreigner album is uh, is Head Games. Oh, and I wanted. I wanted Head Games. I, I was looking it up. I wanted Keith to have produced it, and he didn't do it. So. But um, I'm telling you, this Toto album, Turn Back, it's got eight songs on it. I love it. I think it's their best album. Eight songs on an album is a flag. That's a big red flag. It means just look in here. Play him a little bit of "Gift with a Golden Gun," and this will de this will determine if he wants to go. What's it he, called? It's called "Turn Back." Okay. Play him a little. What gift. year? Yeah, uh, I'm sure you've seen the cover of it because it's 1981. Oh, I see. Okay, it's uh, it's, it's a little like surrealist type of thing. Just play on. "Gift of the Golden Gun," and this is going to say this is this will tell him if he wants to continue or not. All right. Let's hear a little vocal, then we'll, then we'll put it down. All right, I'm good with it. All right. Is that a... Is that I'm good with it in a good way? Or yeah. Good? Okay. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Although I see they followed up with a six minute and five second second song on <laughs> of the eight called English Eyes. It's a great tune. Another red flag. I mean, six minutes. And I'm five. telling you, the album, it's killer. Like, I can't, like, it's one of those ones where I'm like, this should have been like when people talk about High Infidelity and Journey's Escape, that why aren't they talking about well, this album? Also, especially because Toto 4 is so big, you would think that they would go back to that you know what I mean well, like, I think Toto 4 is so big because this one didn't sell and they're like oh my god what did we do wrong mm. we really have to but I'm saying as a like if if mm. you love Toto 4 yeah. you would go oh I've never heard any other Toto you would go pick that one up I've never heard Toto 4 what's on that <laughs> <laughs> no uh, uh, hold you back isn't that a song too from Toto uh, I want to hold you back now is that is that Toto yeah that's Toto oh, that's a good song too Steve Lukather sings a lot of those ballads, too. Are you ready for your next yes, one? Yes, yes.
totally forgot that he produced those two Sammy Hager albums. Uh, that's from Standing Hampton. Yep, that's from Standing Han- Hampton, along with So I'll Fall in Love Again, yeah. uh, Only One Way to Rock, Can't Get Loose, Heavy Metal, great, great I love song. Surrender. Yeah, Surrender. Yep. I love, uh, he does a great version of Peace of My Heart. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's my favorite Sammy Hagar. It's a great actually. album, and you know I know Sammy is a dividing force at times. For me, he was better solo than he was with uh, with Van Halen. Yeah, uh, and I love I love his solo stuff, and uh, and we know that also part of this was all those, the soundtracks that then uh, involved Sammy oh, Hagar yeah. and and uh, at different times. Footloose, and, Over the yeah, Top. Yeah, uh, all that kind of stuff. This this song was on um, what's the. Uh, What's the wrestling movie? Vision, Vision Quest. Quest. Yeah. yeah, Vision Quest. Yeah, along with uh, uh, the babies, um, or John Waite, excuse me. John Waite, Change. Change. God, what a great tune. So good. Produced by Spider. Yeah. And uh, Lunatic Fringe from Red Rider yeah. and that kind of Another stuff. Another good so. one. Great stuff. Uh, this is a song I had, next song is a song I've never heard before. I know this artist's name. His name is Rick Derringer, mm-hmm. but I've never really listened to any of his stuff. Rock and roll, Hochi Coo. I know that song. Like that? Don't don't belittle me. Okay. <laughs> so you have listened to his. <laughs> but I know that. Yeah, but like, I, but I didn't. I didn't know Todd produced one of his albums okay. until I was doing my my research okay. too. And uh, this is a this is a song called "Guitars and Women." Good title. Yeah, it's the title track of the album. I was younger. I had no worries. No reason to run. No reason to hurt. That's really fun. Now, we're going to bring it all around really quick here. This song was co-written by Rick Derringer and Myron Grombacher, okay. who is the drummer in the classic lineup of the Pat Benatar band. You know, the guy with red, red, red hair. Red yeah, hair. the red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, two, he had two watches on, I think, in the back cover of uh, Crimes of Passion, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah, he had a really weird, unique style of yep. playing drums. And his name, not not a good looking. He doesn't man. drum with, with with her still, does he? Uh, he did a couple years ago, but no. In the most recent tours, now I don't know what he does now. But um, he was there at Pine Knob that night that yeah. I walked in, and my life changed. Yep, Myron is his name. <laughs> Myron, Myron, keep up! My, come on, stop Gr- yelling at me, Pat Grombacher. Spider, you got two watches and can't keep time. You can't keep Spider, time. your girlfriend's yelling at me. <laughs> How many more tunes do you have? Last one. This is the last one? Okay, then I'll play, after this, I'll play uh, one more, and then we'll do some promoting, and then we'll play out with uh, another one of your tunes. Just then before we do this, uh, he also produced bands like Starship, uh, The Grateful Dead, uh, The Scorpions, that big Wind of Chains album and stuff like that. So uh, he's got plenty of money uh, coming in, and he's very, very successful. And those didn't make the cut, ultimately, but uh, just an incredible talent, and thank you. Yeah. If you're listening, Keith, thank you yes. for everything Keith you've Olson. done. He's still alive? He's still with us? Yep. Okay. In the eyes of the confessor, there's no place you can hide. You 
Uh, Joe Walsh. Yeah, That's yeah. great. I love Joe Walsh. And it, and it's if you're going to produce Joe Walsh, the guitars better be mm. something special, and yeah. they are. And, and it's a weird song, The Confessor. And I remember when it came out because it's it's two parts, and there's this strange acoustic initial. And we started it right when it become where it starts, where the single would start. Yeah, yeah. But it's all part of it, and it's a really interesting uh, acoustic type of piece that leads into it. And you know, Joe Walsh, uh, as good as a guitarist he is, he's a great songwriter too, and yeah. and, and and singer, and, and distinctive in, in the way that he phrases things, and obviously the way he performs. I've talked about the Eagles a lot on this show because, uh, and look, you know, Rock and Peace, Glenn Fry. Yep. I still feel that Glenn and Don are kind of assholey. Like this last time I saw the Eagles at the when they were at the Forum, uh, you can just tell Glenn Fry hated. Joe Walsh, because Joe would walk out and the crowd would go crazy because the crowd, people love Joe Walsh. And you could just tell, like, no matter what Glenn, because Glenn and Don started the show, just the two of them came out and sat on stools and Mm. did some talking. And we've been together for 40 years. And I just, I raised my hand in the forum. I go, what about that 14 years when you guys took a break? You can't count that. But, um, because Joe's the one you want to hang out with. And like, they didn't, and like, then, then Glenn would introduce, then they would bring out Timothy B. Schmidt, and then they would bring, and Glenn would, but Glenn didn't even introduce Joe. Like, he didn't say, and you know, this guy, you know, he doesn't even feed it. Joe just walked out on his own. It was just like, and the crowd went nuts. Did you watch that documentary then? Oh, oh my God. So good. So good. so good. Even if. Do you like that better than the, the Petty one, the Tom Petty one? <sighs> Running down a dream, I think, or whatever. Petty one is. Man, the Petty one is. I mean, it's four hours it's long. <laughs> Peter Bogdanovich does it but i'm amazed that these guys back then had the foresight to have a camera yep. on at all yep. times who had a can who i mean that's tough because the eagles i think the eagles like once they get back together it's kind of once and once felder gets kicked out then it, that one peters off the first part's definitely better but i think the whole tom petty one but for for fun yeah. it's that eagles one is pretty great yeah I think if you if you didn't know any of the music of either of the bands, you'd yeah. probably enjoy the Eagles one more. Maybe there's Have less seen, drama in the yeah. Petty one. Yeah, there's there's not really any yeah. dr- drama. Howie Epstein gets hooked yeah. on heroin and passes. That's sad. But um, did, have you ever seen the Foo Fighters back and forth Mm-mm. documentary? Mm-mm. That's amazing. That's great. It's great. It like it just goes through. It's like why would the Foo Fighters have a documentary about themselves already? But it's really I. Learned a lot of stuff I did not know. That's not the HBO one, or uh, no? That do. was no. That was just them making an album. Okay. This one goes. It's called Back and Forth. Okay. It one goes up to their second to last album. Yeah, and it's like album by album. Yeah, of just all the stuff and all this. Like Dave starts with you know I didn't know what I was going to do. Nir, you know Nirvana was done, and I was just recording stuff. And it's, it's great. It's really That's cool. Um, what were we talking about before that? The Eagles and. Joe Walsh. And something I wanted to stuff. say in there. I forget what it was. Oh, well. Oh, oh, my wife, um, 
my wife has a podcast. It's called On the Page. Okay. Like her, that's her business. She talks about screenwriting? Screenwriting. Okay. She has guests like, uh, you know, I, I have. And, and she, had, um, she had Peter Bogdanovich's uh, daughter on because she had a film out. And uh, Peter came along because he produced the film. And so he came in and I, I produced my wife's podcast that day because I knew that he. So you sit in this chair? I sat in that chair. My okay. wife sits here, and Peter so. Bogdanovich sat there, and his daughter sat there. But I was like, well, he produced that. He he made the Tom Petty documentary. So he came in, and he was kind of like very quiet, and you know, older gentleman had an ascot on, and yeah, the whole, he looks says. exactly like he looks right. giant glasses. And uh, I also have a Tom Petty book, which is uh, um, what do they call it when it goes compendium? Is that what it's called? When it goes with something, yeah, I think so. Okay, and it, it's Com- oh, the companion, companion to yeah, okay. companion book to the companion. documentary, and he wrote the um, the foreword in the book. So I'm like, well, I'm going to bring my book and get it signed. And he was very like, you know, he just didn't he didn't understand what this a podcast was or anything, and why why are we in this <laughs> room in Studio City? And I came in with my Tom Petty book, and I go, Hi, Peter, I'm Pilar's husband, and I just wanted to talk to you. And as soon as he saw this Tom Petty book, his mood totally changed. He was like so like excited to talk about this documentary and he signed it and and uh I go, Were you a fan of Tom Petty? He, he, I said, Were you a fan that he wouldn't I can tell it now, I don't care. I said, Were you a fan of Tom Petty? He goes, Didn't even know who he was. <laughs> I go, Well when how did you right. get involved in this documentary? <laughs> he goes, Well, you know, they called Tom wanted me to do it and his people called my people and then he called me. And he goes, I didn't know who he was. And I said to my wife at the time, I think his wife was like 40 years younger. He's like, hey, this guy Tom Petty wants me to do his documentary. Should I? And she said, yes. And he said, well, why should I do it? And she says, because he's one of the premier songwriters of yeah. our time. And he goes, okay, I'll do it. And so then Tom wanted him to, to, he goes, and you have to do all the interviews. You have to talk to us and do all the interviews. And he's like, all right. And so uh, he goes, and then I learned about Tom Petty from doing the documentary. I'm like, at the end of the documentary, did you pull him inside and say, I got to be honest with you, Tom, before we did this, I didn't know who you were. He goes, no, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> no sense of humor it's about so it. It's so good. That, it is that really whole, good. That, 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 the stuff where he's in Florida and moving from Florida yeah. and the, the, the parties that they had, you know, in the, in the fields. And <laughs> I all know. That. Just amazing. I, uh, I think I've only watched it once, but when I watched it, I bought it and I watched four hours straight. Yep. I didn't, I didn't uh, flinch or move. I watched the whole thing. Uh, did, was that your last song? That's it, yeah. All right. Let's do some promoting. Uh, Alexi, I thought, you're, I thought you were going to play one more song and then, I'll, and then I'll wrap up. Let's do that. Thank you, Kyle. That's yeah. why you're here. Yep. All right. We talked about him earlier. Uh, cheap Trick? Or, <laughs> or Cheap Trick. I call it trick cheap, cheap Trick. One or the other. <laughs> uh, Todd produced a 1983 album called Next Position, Please. And this is a song called Borderline. Oh! 
love it. Borderline. Oh, I'm so glad that you picked this. When I was going through Todd, because I did look at Todd Rungan thing, it was specifically because of this album, because of I Can't Take It, oh, which I, I just love that that's song. That's my favorite oh, Cheap Trick song. God, it's such that a is, good song. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's my favorite Cheap Trick song. I didn't even know that. It's uh, so good. And they uh, they do play it. They don't play it all the time, but man, if they if they play it, the night is good for me. It's it's such a great song. And if <sighs> if 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 uh, I can't take it and she's tight, both get into the set list in one night. Amazing, love it. Um, yeah, I love this. Uh, Todd did a great uh, job with Cheap Trick. There's 16 songs on this album, and I like all the songs. I don't think everyone would like all the songs, but the ones that you like, you will love them. I can't take it. Heaven's falling. Waterline title track is this your favorite cheap trick album no it's not my favorite cheap trick album that would be the uh tom warman produced uh, heaven tonight but i do have a, a, a big affection for this album because this album when this album came out cheap trick was not doing great right. and i lived how far is the mall from where my house uh, my house where i grew up to the mall in altoona it's like at least eight miles about maybe? eight miles and I rode my bike to buy this album. And I remember I called in. I said, did you get the new Cheap Trick album in? And they're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, you called ahead of time? Yeah. Did you? Because it was supposed to come out. Because back then there was no internet. You didn't know when things were coming out. They would look through that big book. I don't know if you remember the big book that was Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and the guy's <laughs> like, and the guy goes, yeah, I think, I think we got it. I'm like, oh, could you hold that for me? No. What do you mean? No, I'm coming to get it. <laughs> You're not even sure if there's one there. I so I, so I rode my bike in, chained it up, walked in the mall, went to the National Record Mart. Was there the a store. thousand? <laughs> no, and I, and I had to look for it. I'm like, because it wasn't on an end cap, because they, they had one. Right. And then I remember just leaving, and then all of a sudden, I, I didn't even know what the cover looked like, and it was like, boom. I'm like, oh my god, it's here. Put it in. It took a bag. No, I didn't have a backpack. I had a paper bag. <laughs> So now I'm riding home and the bag is boom, boom against the right. wheel. But yeah, so it, like I had to get, like it was a real process to get that and get home and then listen to it. So um, this is what music does for me. I have it. all these if crazy you've seen memories. The, um, the thing on, I think it's on Netflix. I was watching it the other day where um, making the band or something like that, something because uh, Robin Zander is one of the, they bring in somebody from oh, the yes. outside and yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, do yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. I have seen that show. I think uh, Sebastian Bach might, be in an episode. Oh, really? I know. And Belinda Carlisle's in an episode. And um, who's the Donovan Leach is the host. Oh, okay. Is that yeah. what it is? Okay. Yeah. I was watching it the other day and he had, he had the band singing uh, Ballroom Blitz or something like that. Nice. Yeah. I think Robin will still do just about anything. <laughs> He's got to pay the bills. Yes, you know. Um, okay. Well, this was great. I, look, you can come back anytime. Oh, um, it was yeah. honestly, this, I, I I, I do a lot of different things. And when I found out that this was going to be something that I was going to be a part of, I was so jacked up and excited. And then when you canceled, um, I was devastated. So I'm glad. I told you, I go, I've never can't, I, I never canceled. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I believe that, but it's okay. Um, uh, <laughs> we, I never do. Like my wife, I have, so, I have so many in the can that my wife is like, huh, I, don't you have seven episodes in the can? I go, yes. She goes, why are you still recording? I go, I just didn't really want to record. So this should be coming out in 2017 at some no, no, point. No, no, I then? can actually, um, um, I can actually give you a date on this when this will be coming out. Well, for people listening, it's out today. Oh yeah, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, if you're listening, here it is. And uh, Merry Christmas. I hope you're enjoying it. 
Um, I, I'm not going to be able to find. I can. Don't worry. Don't worry. But uh, no, this. Thank be, you very much. No, thank this, you much this, for this so, is, so much for having me. I really. Is, no, thank is, you. I appreciate you came. I know you're you're a busy dude, and uh, well, there's a reason why you're so popular and why people want to come on here because of what music does to people, and and people just want to talk about it and all the moments that it that it conjures up. And this this took me back to so many different things. So well, thank you. It. I'm glad. You, and again. Open invitation. We'll come up with another uh, Santana. There you go. <laughs> we'll come up with another. That is a Santana, yeah. isn't it? Are you saying you want to do an all Santana? <laughs> no, I definitely don't want to. Do you that. want to do an all Ingve Malmstein? No. All instrumentals? <laughs> no. What if I just kept giving him for real? What if I gave him topics that I knew he wouldn't want to do? I wouldn't want like to I do said, that. I want to have you back. Let's do this. He'd be like, no. But no. We'll Brian all, Adams versus Ryan Adams. Do we get done that? I don't like Ryan Adams though. Oh, I thought because I was going to make you do Ryan. Adams. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm full. I'm, I tried so hard to get Brian Adams in, but you would have he, had to, you would have yeah. had to have uh, Lang in there. Yep. Yeah. Or uh, well, Bob, yeah, waking up the neighbors when he did uh, Bob Clearmountain. Yep. Is he the one? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I love Brian Adams. Yeah, so good. Uh, unironically, I love these people. Yeah, I never I don't ironically that. like music. Either no. you like it or you don't. And, yeah. You know, and but, I don't, like, I don't so, like when people say guilty pleasure. It's like, no, it's not a guilty pleasure. You like it. If you like it, you like it. Look, if, if you're in college back in the 80s and you like Rick Springfield, yeah. then you walk through that, that quad That's with right. that vinyl, mm-hmm. all right, prominently displayed. Of, I, I held it up over my face and I just said, <laughs> Rick Springfield's here. Um, and he yeah, rocks. My, yeah, my roommates, they... I'm amazed they never like went in and like stole my albums or threw them away to, but they, but they didn't. So thanks guys. Instead they would beat me up. No, they didn't do that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, I unapologetically love what I love. You got to. Yeah, I agree. You have to. Um, so where are you at Twitter? Give out your Twitter handle. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alexi Lalas, A-L-E-X-I-L-A-L-A-S. And you can come on and yell at me about my musical tastes or, <laughs> or soccer, uh, as people often do. You can see me on, uh, Fox sports. FS one is a channel that we have talking about soccer. And, um, other than that, uh, you know. I don't think we found out. Are you, where are you eating Thanksgiving dinner? I am eating it here in Los Angeles. I am doing a game in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I am eating uh, at a uh, at a at a friend's house later on. So I will be fed and uh, surrounded by warmth and mirth. Fantastic! That's great. <laughs> and uh, also, your albums are on iTunes. Yes, yes. Uh, you yeah. can get uh, you can get the new album shots on iTunes and it's on Spotify and all the different platforms out there. And um, and all those other, all those other great. Albums too. There's, there's, I mean, there's a collection. If you want to go back and get knee deep in in my music, feel a, free there's to. There's one from Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you will. You will find if you go on some of those. There's things. one called uh, "Turn Back" by Toto. You went by Toto for a while, <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, with, again, do you have a website? I don't have a website. You don't no. have a website for your music or for your no, soccer. No. I just bought alexilawless.com. So there we go. Good. Are, you on, are you on Facebook? I. I have a Facebook mm-hmm. page, but it drives me nuts. Facebook. I do not understand how it, and I know I sound grumpy right. old manish right now, but I think the template still looks like it was, <laughs> it, well, it was created in a dorm room, but it yeah. still looks like it was created in a dorm room. I think it's unworkable, <laughs> at least for me. All right? right. And it drives me crazy because I know the power of Facebook. Right. Uh, but 
uh, you know, you can see me periscoping every day. Uh, I do that. I do Facebook live. Cool. Um, that's so fun. That's, so there's a video doing that kind of stuff, but the, the whole interacting with Facebook, I need somebody to sit down, some young, smart person to sit go. down and run me this through kid. the Facebook. Um, when you say you listen to us when you go on a run, how far does, uh, Alexi run? Well, this would be <laughs> what we just did is probably going to be a couple of runs, but usually it, it times out. So, uh, so today, for example, I listened to, I don't know which one it was, but, uh, it timed out perfectly and it ended up being an hour and a half. So I didn't get the whole thing done, but yeah. I got a lot of it done. So, and that, that's a longer run. So usually I, I split it into two. So 45 minutes here and then 45 minutes there. And do you, do you run outside or yes. do you, okay. Yeah, I don't do that. Treadmill. I, I, I can't do the treadmill. I mean, I can do it, but I, I physically am it's, able to it's just athletically <laughs> do it's it. It's boring. It's boring. And I don't it's just, find it boring, the treadmill. I don't, I don't know why. I just don't. Well, it's monotonous. It is it's monotonous. It's the same thing. Th- I, maybe I find I like that monotony. I can do more and go farther when it's not predetermined. Because once also, you get, once you get yeah, so yeah, far, you get you so far from back. your house, you're like, well, right. now you got to get back. Well, you got to turn, yeah. Right. Unless you loop, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. But, Good thing about California, you can. I mean, you can still. It's it's almost Thanksgiving. The weather is crazy. I know. It's this is why people live here. It is real. It is why people live here. You know, I mean, I, for those of us that grew up in the north and with the wind chill factor and all Pennsylvania. that. Pennsylvania. My yeah. wife made me promise her when I married her that. Uh, she would never be cold again. And there's some people out there that just That's what my wife said, the same time. thing. She was, I never, because she time. grew up in Massachusetts. She's yeah. like, never again. Nope. Never do I want that. And I get it. I understand. Yeah. I mean, I can live anywhere, but she's my wife, so I kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are at Rock Solid Show on Facebook. Uh, Kyle's at Kyle Docton Funny. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Alexi, thank you for, I'm glad you found our show. I'm glad yes. you enjoy it. I'm glad you, you've tweeted about it and you like the tweets and all kinds of stuff. I appreciate that because you have tons of followers. But, yeah, I don't know how much they care about what I say, but <laughs> <laughs> they follow me to yell at me. So. Also, thank you, uh, Andrew Rich, for the amazing show notes that you write every week. We very much appreciate that. And Kyle, what was the one song, I don't have it in front of me, but what's the last Alexi Lawless song that we're going to listen to. This is Seems So Long Ago. Love it. On Rock Solid. Thank you, Alexi. Seems so long ago Or was it yesterday You were all I had in mind I think of what to say Seems we're getting close Feel so far But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.